Welcome to the Top 5 Go Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, and I'm here once again, as always, with my co-host, Aaron and the villain, Shantae. Shantae, hey. villain, how's it going? Going good. Villains always have a good time. Of course. Of course <laughs> they do. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. It's been a rough week. My back's heart hurting. I feel like I'm a almost 40-year-old man, I guess. Well, you are almost yes. a 40-year-old yeah, man. This is accurate. This is so, yeah, I'm starting to feel my age. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. It sucks, man. <laughs> that's tough. I'm yeah. glad I'm young. But are you so young? You don't look so it. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I look. Thanks, I, think, villain. I think I look You're younger welcome. than Kevin, honestly. I, I think so too. Villain? That makes sense. Yeah. Hey, I'm leaning in. <laughs> that that seems <laughs> that seems apropos from you. You know yes, what I'm saying? Thank you. Seems that's like that's what I'm here for. Uh, terrible. Enjoy. Well, anyway, this week we are here to talk about. Speaking of Aaron getting old, we're t- talking about historical figures, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that segue. Maybe, maybe someone will bring him segue. up. So this week we are going to be talking about the top five historical badasses. Badasses. And we felt the only way to get this done was to bring in a very special guest. You heard him on the Game of Thrones podcast. Mm-hmm. We brought back Corey. Welcome Thank you back. for having me back, Top 5 Go. It's always a <laughs> pleasure to be here. You are welcome. <laughs> welcome yes. to have you back, Corey. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's especially when the topic is my profession, my specialty, yes. what I studied in college, the history of humankind. See, there you I, go. I'm, I'm most looking forward to Corey making my arguments for me today. <laughs> oh, yes. It's going to be great. Yes, I really appreciate uh, it when CJ did that for us before. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is the name. Oh, Corey, go ahead. Why, and yeah. why Tell am us I more right? About why that, am I right? Corey. Okay, thank this you, Corey. character yeah. was born on August 4th, 1477. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you for that. In <laughs> Seville, Spain. Yeah. And the right best up. part, he's going to be coming off the top of the head for like mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he doesn't even have a computer in front of him. I'm like, Wikipedia is asking. Asking me for donations phone. again. It's like <laughs> X number of times visiting. Okay, sorry, Wikipedia. Yeah. I will get on that. I promise. Sometimes I tell my students that I edit Wikipedia articles in my free time. I believe and that. They get shocked. How are they shocked at all? I totally believe it. Yeah. I only edit the ones that are about like reality shows because I know about Because that. you know about them. <laughs> I don't, I don't edit any history. of them just because I don't want to. I edit them when I see something that's like very obviously wrong. Yeah. And like. I don't like, I'm not the first one on there like adding stuff. It's like if I look up like, like it's a show and I'm, they're like, oh, this person was eliminated. Whenever I'm like, uh, that wasn't Actually. right. That wasn't right. <laughs> it was this other person that just went. Because, you know, people, some people are on Wikipedia just to uh, screw people up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the fav- my favorite Wikipedia things I've ever seen was uh, Justin Jefferson. He's a NFL player currently. Um, during his final year at LSU. He was playing in before the national championship game, the the semifinal game. Aaron, yeah. Which, who, I, who did they play? Who did LSU play? Oh my God! You're the college football. Not off, not, but not off the top of my head, man. Well, whoever it was, they were beating the crap <laughs> out of that team. Yeah, LSU was, and I think it, let's just say it was it was Oklahoma. Okay. It might Oklahoma. Let's say it was Oklahoma. On his page, it said Justin Jefferson, owner of the Oklahoma Sooners. <laughs> <laughs> Solid burn right there. <laughs> Solid burn. He did nice. own them. Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't inaccurate. <laughs> That's why I loved it. And I think I took a picture and sent it to someone because it said owner of the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. Just because he had he had like 
three touchdowns in the first half. Oh man! And like 150 yards, 200 yards, something like that in the first half. And they're like, "Yeah, owner of this of the team. He owns them. That's his yep. team." Yep. Congrats <laughs> to him. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought Accurate. That was good. Yeah. Accurate. I do. I do. I yeah. feel tempted to like edit them as if the grammar is really bad. You're just like, "Oh, I might do it this time." <laughs> But you never get around to it? No. Nah, I'm like, ah, oh, someone will get to it. <laughs> <laughs> someone else will get to it. Someone else with more time on their hands. Yeah. yeah. And not, not me not who's looking at this lazy. thing yeah. that could Currently just hit, that could hit and it, fix it. I'm I dead. could. Oh. I won't. But of course, that's a villainous thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Again, living up to her name. Oh, my gosh. Well, as you guys know here on the Top 5 Go podcast, what we do is we rank the top five of a category. We're doing top five historical badasses. As always, we start with the criteria, and we're going to start with our guest. So, Corey, what is your criteria for the top five historical badasses? Well, when I originally came in here, my criteria <laughs> was uh, people who sort of don't get enough credit in world history class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think for the most part, that is a lot of my criteria. These are people you probably haven't heard of, maybe heard a little bit about. I'm going to give you a lot more details about them. Um, and uh, these are people that just, if, if you read their biography, you'll be like, damn, like this person knocked it out of the ballpark. Okay. Okay. Uh, so should I, should I begin with my Let's start five? with number five. Let's start with number five. Who was your number five on your top five? So this is probably my most controversial pick. Uh, this man was a Nazi. Oh. 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 Hitler? No. Oh. Not a badass. <laughs> Just an ass, right? Just an ass. An ass. Yeah. Uh, and it, that will be exposed in the story as well. So uh, my uh, number five is Erwin Rommel, uh, okay. commonly known as the Desert Fox. Okay. okay. He was a uh, German soldier in World War I, later a general in World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, he commanded a, uh, a Nazi army group uh, that invaded France. He was one of the first guys to get to Paris. And he had a lot of really badass ideas about how to use tanks in warfare, how to like combine tanks, have them hit hard. And his ideas and his strategies were why the Germans did so well in the early years of World War II. Okay. Um, he later led the German army in Africa, and every fight he had against the British and the Americans, he had like half the guys, but was always winning. He used great strategies of deception and great strategies of outmaneuvering the enemy. Multiple times he got the British to surrender hundreds of soldiers to him when he only had like maybe 50 guys. And later in the war, Hitler actually put him in charge of the defenses in France. So he was like the guy defending during D-Day. But once D-Day happened and like, you know, the Allies were pushing into France, Rommel's like, uh... We ain't going to win this war. (laughs) So Rommel was involved with, I think it's more commonly known today as the Valkyrie plot to Mm -hmm. assassinate Hitler. Okay. Okay. So Rommel was one of them Nazis who betrayed Hitler near the end. Okay. Uh, Hitler did, or Hitler survived that Mm -hmm. assassination attempt. And when Hitler started investigating it, he found out Rommel was one of the conspirators who tried to kill him. So Hitler sent Rommel a message like, Rommel, you better kill yourself or I'm going to kill you. So Rommel uh, took poison and he, he killed himself. Wow. Um, yeah. Holy crap. Wow. It's not a very badass way to die, though. No. no. But it was like, badass. Look me in the face, fool. Yeah, like, <laughs> come come at me, Hitler. Come at me. Come at me. But I, I do think that a part of his Nazi past is redeemed by the fact that he did try to assassinate Adolf Hitler. He was part of that team. Maybe, depending on what 
prompted him to? Is it because he re- like he realized what he was doing was wrong and like killing people just because they were Jewish is horrible? Or they do it because he's like, well, we're gonna lose, and I don't want to lose, so I'm gonna get rid of him first. Like that's that's where I had that question. Well, and my impression of Rommel was I I don't think I ever read like a legit biography of the guy, but I've read a lot about him. He was a soldier. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. He just happened to be German. He just happened to be serving during World War II. Mm-hmm. He was a guy who followed orders. He got things done. And if you just look at all that stuff, he's absolutely deserves a rank in the historical badassery. Okay. He okay. was a Nazi solely because that's the way he rose in power. But I do know that he talked to his wife, talked to his friends, and was like, I don't really believe in any of that crap Hitler believes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do my job as a soldier. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because that's what he's supposed to do. And mm-hmm. once he realized that his job as a soldier was going to result in a, in a loss for the country. He's like, we got to quit. Hitler's like, we don't quit. And I was like, well, Hitler, you're going to get assassinated. We're going to try to quit you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try to quit you. Mm. So, yeah. So he, I, I'm impressed by his accomplishments before the killing Jews part. The Valkyrie part. Yeah. <laughs> before that part. And then, so there was an assassination plot that just, did it just fail? Like what happened? It was oh. something like the bomb went off earlier, late, or something like that. Well, so uh, the uh, an assassin got a bomb in a suitcase okay. and put the suitcase under Hitler's desk. Okay. And the suitcase detonated, but what they didn't realize was that desk was made of some hardcore, strong oh. wood. And if if it was oh, a craftsmanship, IKEA flimly, flimsy desk, <laughs> it would have uh, It would have killed everybody in that room. But Hitler was saved by a big old piece of oak. Wow. So German craftsmanship, man. Yeah, man. they they made it right, man. But it was how did they not have that intel? How did no one know that? <laughs> well, they they put the biggest bomb. What's well, a bomb? <laughs> you're <laughs> like <laughs> it's a bomb versus a table. No one's gonna pick table. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So the desert fox. The desert fox. Badass. Okay. It's okay. There's a Nazi. Only because uh, we're talking about badasses, and that doesn't, I don't think that disqualifies, disqualifies you from being a badass. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, sir. Yeah. Aaron, what do you have as your criteria? I'm going to call what my list looks like the dartboard approach. I just <laughs> kind of threw some darts out there to come up with my list. Uh, there's so many figures that we could have put on this list, so I just kind of went with it. Okay. So with that being the case, what do you have at number five? So the man that I have at number five doesn't actually have a name. He is unknown. But pretty much everyone in this room has seen this picture. Uh, Back in 89, there were protests in uh, Tiananmen Square in China. And you have seen the image of the man standing in in front of four tanks that are rolling out of the square. That, to me, just screams badass. One man trying to stop an army. Um, Mm -hmm. These protests were important. The Chinese government were trying to stop them, and this man took it upon himself to say, you know what, I'm going to hold up my stop sign, stop your tanks. So, dude's a badass. Uh, History commonly refers to him as Tank Man. Yes, Tank Man. Sorry, yes. Have a name. Tank Man. And there's a couple other nicknames that they have him. The the Unknown Protester or Unknown Rebel. And, And actually, the picture you're looking at, which only has four tanks... There's a zoomed out version. He's actually stopping like 50 tanks. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Dude. So. That is badass. Dude was a badass. Yeah. yeah. And the tank kept trying to like roll around. They got video of it and he keeps going in front of the tank. Why didn't they just Stop. run him over? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they eventually did. Uh, my understanding is I think they eventually did. But like, 
they just didn't do it at first when there was enough time for someone to take a picture. I think there is something that viscerally in a human like kind of prevents you from like hurting someone. You know, I understand no. there's war and all that stuff, but when you're coming like this and you're in this huge gargantuan machine, you see this one lonely person. I think there's something in you that kind of hesitates to run them over. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about him, but I know that image, it's, you know, well in my head, and I think that that's a pretty badass thing that someone could do, especially in terms of protest and knowing that you can see this little person against these big things trying to stop it. So Yeah, and he is definitely the defining character from the Tiananmen Square Massacre. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, as China continues to grow in popularity... Uh, we're never going to see a modern Hollywood film about that event or about that guy. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Because China wants to shut that event down, mm-hmm. shut it down mm-hmm. hard. So, so this this says that there are several conflicting stories about what happened to him after the demonstration, because like oh. you guys said, it's unknown. In a speech to um, President's Club in 1999, Bruce Hershon, Sean, I don't know that guy, former Deputy Special Assistant to Richard Nixon, alleged that he was executed 14 days later. Other sources allege that he was executed by a firing squad a few months after the Tiananmen Square protest. Everyone thinks he's just dead. Everybody yeah. knows yeah. that. He's dead. They're just not sure how he died. Yeah. yeah. And it's the Chinese government have made a few statements about the incident and have made few statements about the incident or people involved. Um, they can't confirm whether this young man you mentioned was arrested or not. And I think he was not killed. That's what they said. <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think they would have found him. By Nobody now if he believes was still alive. you, China. Yeah. So what else said uh, in 2000 interview? Zimmon said that uh, he was never arrested. That's all we can really say about that. Yeah, it's because they killed his ass. Yeah, <laughs> believe that. Yeah. So shout out to that guy. Oh, tank, but so he man. emphasized that the tank that he stopped did not run over that. Man. Oh, okay. so okay. I'm mistaken. Probably not so run over. Maybe he didn't get but run he over. Definitely but he definitely probably didn't make it out. Yeah. Yeah, that day. So maybe they kind of grabbed him, got him out of the way, and then killed Took him somewhere else. You know, that guy. But they I didn't s- arrest him. S- they did not arrest <laughs> him, and they did not run him over with the tank. Mm. That's all I got for you. <laughs> That's kind of how that went. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Aaron, that guy. I've seen that picture a bunch, right? Me too. And you're right. It's like the ultimate sign of one person trying to make a difference, even mm-hmm. though, you know, ultimately. You know, things happen. He, we we think he's has perished. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, sometimes but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, but the picture is an amazing symbol. It yeah, yes. it, is. it is. It, it is. was that picture was ranked as one of Times top one hundred most influential photos. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. I think it's in my classroom. I oh. haven't been in my classroom in many months. <laughs> <laughs> it may still be there. You never it may know. still. Be there. I don't know. It might have been there. I don't remember oh. what it looked like. Some historical little punk came through the building and yeah, was, like, was like, I like I this picture. This. I'm going to take this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, the tank man you have at number tank five. Tank man at number five. Shante, what do you have as your criteria? So, for me, it was one of those things where there were just too many people to pick. So, I decided to narrow my focus all the way down to people who, for me, I felt really planted seeds of change like they maybe they did not necessarily small things but small things that kind of sparked bigger and and greater change and um most of them are you know americans sorry sorry to be self selfish this time but had to anyway so number five for me he is not an american um i have shaka zulu okay so 
here's, there's like several reasons why. One, as a kid growing up in the United States, there would be once a year, they would play two miniseries. Roots and Shaka Zulu. Okay. And then after that, they're like, don't ask us for any more black <laughs> And so, you know. You got if, your two? You got your two. You're done. February. See you next year. That's it. Right. And so, um, growing up watching that, first of all, I was all inspiring. But when you start to really think about it, so he, his, his name wasn't Shaka Zulu. He was Shaka of the Zulu tribe. So he was like a ruler there. And what he did was he basically reorganized the military in such a way that they defeated the British army who came in and they had guns and you know all this technology and the Zulu nation did not. They had like traditional weapons, they had spears, they had these um, hide shields and they kicked their ass. So it's, it's that kind of, you know, you see that it happened in Vietnam, it happened here in the United States, that guerrilla uh, warfare from the people who like are in that area defending their home and like how they can overcome this big machine of an army. So I have Shaka Zulu for number five for me. Yeah, and, and let me give some bonus content about Shaka Zulu. So much of his badassery in the warfare was he had this strategy called the bullhorns tactic where he would try to like distract the British and be like, okay, run after us. And then he would always lead the British into a trap and they would attack him from all sides. Okay, guns so, aren't as effective. Wait, this yeah. happened often? Often. often. Well, <laughs> and, and that's because he get play with their arrogance, right? Yep. We, one thing you know about the British Army, especially us being, you know, Americans in our revolution or whatever, they're very arrogant people. And they also are very much a fond of straight lines and flashy <laughs> uniforms. As we so, could see in Game of Thrones when, uh, what's his name, ran straight instead of <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know. Tommen. Tommen, come on. No, 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 not Tommen. Um, oh. Uh, no, uh, bro- uh, it Brand was Tommen. Brother. It was no, Tommen. it wasn't Tommen. It, it was one of yeah. these Stark children. Yeah, that's that what gets I was. Uh, no yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Rick, 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 Rick. There we go. Yeah, yeah. And right. with the un. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let, let's zig yeah. and zag. Okay. No straight yeah. line. Cool. <laughs> and so I think you know the adaptability of it, the taking you know advantage of their arrogance and the the fact that they totally underestimated them, and you know. They like held them off for quite some time. So Shaka Zulu, man. Yeah. And I, I do remember that the Zulu spearmen, the Impi warriors, as they're called, I think there was some analysis where it was like, who, like, which culture was the best at hand to hand combat and sort of like spear sword combat? The winner was the Zulu. Mm-hmm. They kick ass straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know how Shaka Zulu died? Interesting fact. Ooh. Okay, tell me. Okay. Uh, he got betrayed by his brother. Oh, what? Oh, I his did hear that. His brother poisoned him in his sleep. Because I think the Betrayal. British promised Rude. that he, the yep. brother would be the king, and yep. so he killed him. Super That's pretty Rude. much what happened to the Incas, too. They were like, oh, we'll give you shit, and then so they, they, they caused civil war in fighting. Did them. they make him the king? No. No. Of course not. It was all like, yeah, you're king, but not really. We're in charge of this shit. And now that you're weak because you killed the strong one, we're we're in charge of this. We're super in charge of this. That's what I said. They held him off for a while. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Man. I was hoping that that was going to be like, his brother. Yeah. His brother. Well, it was his half brother. It wasn't like, you know. Is it? Is there a movie about it? There's probably a movie about it. I just right? said Shaka Zulu miniseries. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the, uh, the betrayal, the betrayal. From, the, from the brother. <laughs> I do believe they probably have that part in the movie. I don't know. I haven't watched this miniseries in a long time. I kind of want to rewatch it now. Oh. But it just made me like thinking about it. I was like, you know, I really loved watching that movie. Shaka Zulu. Thank you, Shante. You're welcome. I learned about this person. You didn't watch that miniseries? Oh no, man. Come on. I, I got it on it. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I 
seen Roots. That's about it. Yeah. Well, see, that. after Roots, they play Shaka. Uh, you got to stick. You got to stick with You're it. older than I am, Shitte. You, you watch like, it on TV. You got like a month <laughs> worth of Two black, black <laughs> series, yeah. Two. Two. I've only, only seen the one. I've seen the one. <laughs> For me, my criteria, um, I sit here and I was like, who is historically awesome? And then I wrote their names down. So my historical, my, my criteria is uh, the top five historical badasses I like. There you go. Uh, I mean, listen, it's it's real. It's the same criteria Aaron usually has, right? Aaron has usually the same criteria as me, but he like Does says he? it more jazzed up. He's well, well give give it a give what's it, your criteria? Hey, give us time, some Aaron? jazz hands and, and give it a try. This, okay, this, let's see. This one is absolutely a Kevin tactic. <laughs> this same. one in particular, it's not the same. not the other one. It's the same. This one for sure. Well, this was the top five historical badasses I like, and number five for me is Genghis Khan. Mm. Okay. I think that dude is dope. He was a Genghis Khan was a Mongolian warrior dude who like went through Central Asia, just like taking places, just taking in things. Europe and Africa. He just went everywhere. Yeah, he's like he just went life. through and just pillaged and raped and did whatever he wanted to do, and he was very fierce. I pulled up these badass facts about Genghis Khan. All right, then here's a couple of them. Uh, he may have prevented an early global warming, making him an eco-friendly warrior. Oh, wow. If nothing else, he killed about 400 million people, erasing 700 million tons of carbon from the atmosphere. I think it was 25% of the global population. So he just went so through. He culled the world population, is what you're saying. Yeah. The human COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing. One in 200 men today are direct descendants of Genghis Khan. Makes because sense. he was dropping that seed wherever he can go. Basically, everyone in Mongolia. Yes. They're all related. <laughs> They're all related. Yeah. Uh, he was captured and enslaved in 1177, but eventually managed to escape after befriending one of his captors. His reputation grew manifold after his escape. This is one of my favorite ones. He not only forgave the man who shot an arrow into his neck in battle, but also raised him to be one of his best and most trusted generals. This dude tried to kill him. He's like... I like the cut of your jib, kid. Hey, game recognized <laughs> game. He's like, damn, that was a good shot. Come on over here. The best part is that most of the time his army was outnumbered. They won by employing warfare tactics like surrounding the opposing army and giving a false impression of their numbers or putting dummy soldiers on horses and sending them out there. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Corey, what other Genghis Khan stuff you got for me, man? Oh, man. <laughs> so Genghis Khan, I know that uh, I think he had an older brother and his older brother like picked on him a lot growing up. So I think when they were like teenagers, he and his older brother went hunting. And then one day he comes back with a deer and he's by himself. And his tribe's like, yo, Genghis, where's your, well, back then they called him Temujin. Yo, Temujin, where's your older brother? He's like, he didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's oh, crazy. You probably murdered your older brother, <laughs> didn't you? You probably did that. Maybe. Maybe, maybe you did. And, and to go off of battle tactics, because this is always my favorite thing about history. Like, so he would have his guys all ride on horses. And a Mongol horse archer could consistently ride their horse at full gallop and shoot something like one arrow every 15 seconds and consistently hit the size of a Coke can from 100 oh yards gosh. away. That's impressive. At That's full skills. gallop. Yeah. Wow. Okay? That's that, really impressive. You're, you're going up and down the whole, the whole time. They... They lived in the saddle. It was, it was unbelievable. And I and Genghis Khan, he lived back in the 1200s. But I read somewhere that 
if Genghis Khan's army somehow teleported in time 500 years into the future, and if Genghis Khan's army fought George Washington's army, even though George Washington got guns and all this other stuff, Genghis Khan would still just massacre the Americans. That's crazy. I believe it. I I believe it. They were so good. Wow. The last thing I have here says, in adherence to Genghis Khan's wishes, not a single soul was told of his burial site. Not one person who knew the location of his grave was left alive, including the soldiers who carried out the killing. So they killed everyone and then killed themselves? Who knows? Wow. Well, somebody has to be last. Somebody like, I could kill myself or I could just walk away. Or I could do what this dude told me to do before his what? spirit comes and gets me. Just take <laughs> yeah. some poison. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. He, that's so crazy. He died during battle. Some makes me uh, think like they might have accidentally dug up Genghis Khan to like build a hotel or some bullshit somewhere. You know? <laughs> so to this day, nobody has succeeded in finding his tomb. An archaeologist, Maury Kravitz, spent 40 years searching for it in vain. He died in 2012 without ever coming close. Dang, Ooh, dang. that's sad. That's crazy. But that's why I picked Genghis Khan because I think that dude is dope. Yeah. 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 As, as far as global conquerors go, he's he number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he has a Pokemon named after him. Kangaskhan. Oh. Oh. It's is a kangaroo good, for some reason. He's a kangaroo, yeah. Kangaroo. It doesn't make Because of the name. I think because just the name. Does it? I mean, is it worth it? I mean, when you look at it, you're like, yeah, I want that kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because. Does uh, it live up to the name? I think it's Kanga, Genghis, Kanga. I think they just did that because of that. But yeah, Genghis Khan. So. Corey, what is your philosophy on Genghis versus Genghis? Ooh, that is a good point. Um, I think it just comes down to pronunciation. Mm. Um, you know, I have had friends who are Mongolian, and I could get a direct confirmation from them. But you well, know, is it is it like directly descended from Mongolian, or what? I mean, because you know how languages change over time. What they correct. know? Um. Yeah, because I know that Genghis Khan just simply means the great leader. Oh, okay. So, so whatever would, it is in Mongolian is how you should Genghis say means it. great, Khan means leader. Mm-hmm. So it's just, what's great? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, it. I have, oh, you should ask them. I have one final badass fact about him. All right, then. He would control areas he has conquered by marrying his daughters into ruling families. He would then send his son-in-laws to war thereby ensuring that his daughters rule in their stead. The sudden laws would usually die, <laughs> and his daughters proved to be more successful at holding on to the kingdoms than his sons when he would put them in power. So he constantly did that. Huh. That's crazy. Hey, yeah. You got to let women do her work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, Mongol women were given quite a bit of political autonomy and political power. The men were usually doing off so much murdering and stuff. Yeah. The wi- women, women ran it. That's, and so he's like, uh, my daughter's going to go. He's like, oh, we're going to run it together. Nah, nah, nah. No. Nah. First no. off, give her a kid, and then you come and meet me out on this battlefield. And then my son-in-law army is going to go in. We're going to take the next place. Yeah. And when you know whatever happens, happens. But you, you go in there first, son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Nice. See what happens. That's dope. So that's my number five, Genghis Khan. All right. Nice, okay. nice. Corey, what do you have at number four? My number four is uh, a pretty interesting dude. I would hope some of you are, are kind of familiar with him. Um, and uh, my number four is Emperor Meiji of Japan. Never he, heard of him. He is the 122nd Emperor of Japan. Okay. He is, I'll argue, the, the one deserving of the most historical credit. And uh, uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about Meiji. Uh, he was born probably in like the 1840s. 
And when he was born, Japan was a samurai castle kind of medieval society. Okay. Even though we're already, what, only, what, 180 years ago. We're in 1840. <laughs> Wait. Like, feudal. Very feudal. Very feudal society. doing a, like a feudal thing. Well, they also had the the policy of like shutting them off, self off yep. from the West. They're like, we don't like uh, you. Don't come in here. They did what like a lot of other cultures probably should have done, and uh, they were like, no, no. Well, but Meiji saw the future. Okay, he yeah. saw that China was starting to get picked on. He saw uh, Thailand was getting picked on. So he's like, you know what? I think we got to change this up. Okay, so America shows up in Japan in 1860, starts launching some cannonballs, shooting some guns at him in Tokyo Bay, and he's like, huh. I don't want this to happen anymore. Right. So Meiji puts his foot down and he says, Japan going to change. Okay. We're going to switch this whole country up. We're going to do what, what those white people are doing on the other side of the world. We're going to get trains. We're going to get cars. We're going to get iron. We're going to get factories. And a lot of people in Japan didn't want change. Right. So Meiji was sort of the leader in this civil war that happened in Japan called the Boshin War. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, it's all yeah. about that yeah. war. Okay. Um, but in the end, uh, Meiji's side wins, and Meiji modernizes the heck out of Japan. So and, much so that they're in the future. Well, uh, so much so that in 1860, Japan was functionally a medieval society. Right. And by the time you get to 1900 and then later 1945, mm-hmm. I mean, Japan is a world military power. They've got amazing factories. They designed the fastest airplane in the world. Like, he is the sole person responsible for taking Japan to the modern competitive society that it is today. And even though Japan is now the third biggest economy in the world, uh, before the 1980s, Japan was the second biggest economy in the world. Mm-hmm. He took Japan from zero to hero. So he is wow. absolutely a badass. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know. So, were we just trying to like invade? Uh, oh, so uh, back in the eighteen uh, sixties, uh, a American naval squadron led by a dude named Commodore Matthew Perry. He showed up in Tokyo Bay. So Matthew Perry, not the guy that's yeah. on Friends. Not the Friends dude. No, <laughs> he's they, they. They have the same name. Sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he shows up in Edo Bay and says, "Hey, Japan." Y'all got to trade with us. And Japan, as Shantae alluded to, says, nope, we don't want to do anything with you white people. Go away. Okay. And so we just started bombing Tokyo Bay. <laughs> what? That was, yeah. we, what? Just, we just started this lobbing cannonballs. Hey, you're going to trade with us or else we're going to attack you. Yep. <laughs> Buy hey, fam, our I stuff. I don't yeah. really want to trade with you. Hey, well, then uh, well, we're going to make you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we really blew up that much stuff, but we did enough damage that Japan was like, okay, fine. We'll talk to you. Yeah. But... I mean, the emperor saw saw change coming, and he was one of the few people during this time period that recognized, hey, what are those Europeans and Americans doing that's making their economy so great and making them like leaders of the world? We're going to copy all that. Um, China didn't do that during that period, and China really suffered for it. Okay. So It just took them longer to come around. Yeah, I mean, China only really started to get kind of factory-based economies in like the late 70s, early 80s. In the ni- 1970s? Correct. <laughs> wow. Interesting fact, Taiwan's GDP was higher in the 1960s than all of China's was. Really? China was broke. Broke. They just decided, like, now was the time. <laughs> well, 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 it's because their old leader, Mao Zedong, died, and okay. the next guy who took over was like, hey. Damn, we're way behind. <laughs> we're way behind. And now China's number two. 
maybe we'll be number one soon enough. We'll yeah, see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Emperor Meji the Great, shouts to that dude as the number four. Corey's number four badass, historical badass. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And well, who do you have at number four? So this woman disappeared July 2nd, 1937. She's an adventurer. She's fantastic. Is she, Amelia Earhart? It is Amelia Earhart. Let's Dang, go. You didn't even let him say his own thing. Man, yeah, Kevin. <laughs> do you have that at number villain, four? But come on now. Huh? You have Amelia I don't. Earhart. I'm just excited. Oh. Yeah. I like oh, I went with Rita <laughs> Triangle. Let's go. I went with <laughs> Amelia Earhart, first woman to solo the Atlantic. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously women were capable of doing these things, but not necessarily. No, that's not what they told me then. Allowed, were blacks. but not necessarily <laughs> allowed. So I just, I think that she's a, you know, she's a, a trailblazer. She, you know, made this, made the world see that women were capable of doing these things, and she's a badass. And there's kind of that mystery of her like disappearing, what that what yeah. really did happen, all that good stuff. So I think that Amelia Earhart. Is a badass. She is a badass, so yeah. and we s- no one still found her. I, yeah, no. from as far as I know, they've never. They I, still I, I recall some is. like modern History Channel shows being like the search for Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've almost found her You're this like, time. Liars! Is it a night at the museum where she shows up and she's kind of like Indiana Jones esque, like badass, <laughs> like a, you know? Th- that's how I imagine her, how I view oh, her yeah. in my head. Just this, you know, stubborn girl that's like, no, don't tell me now. I'm gonna freaking do what I want to do and and there, then and she, did, she it. did it yeah so yeah so i think i also like the story of like where like she takes a flight with eleanor roosevelt she flies her around everyone's like no mrs roosevelt don't go she's like eleanor's like shut the fuck up i'm going on this <laughs> damn thing yeah exactly so yeah did she's, she get lost on a burrito triangle she got lost in the south pacific yeah, yeah i thought I it was like was somewhere pacific. near japan mm. or something yeah and she just like her plane probably just went down yeah well i mean mm. it was like the early 1900s so Ocean's probably. big. Yeah. Yeah. Ocean's Especially big, the yeah. Pacific. Yeah. I mean, and this, imagine, she probably went down, but then if she went in the ocean, the ocean has moved all that shit. Oh. And like, it's not where yeah. she probably entered, but. True. Mm-hmm. Man, you know what's crazy about the ocean? It's, it's huge. It's huge. And we haven't like, we trying to get to like space and we haven't studied like most of the ocean. Because it's scary. <laughs> Every time they go like deeper, they find like more crap that's weird as hell. Which <laughs> is <laughs> why we need to be going as deep as possible. No. I want to know. Have you seen that movie, The Meg? Don't go too deep. But that's, I mean. I, I haven't seen that movie. I haven't either, it, but I, I can guess what it's about because yeah. the preview pretty much tells you everything. Man, Amelia Earhart, though, was always cool to me because of the mystery. The mystery yeah, of what yeah, happened to her. And I remember being a kid, I was like, oh, what if she's still alive? And I became an adult, and I was like, there's like no, no way. No, like, no way. Probably Like not. math says she's not alive. Like, yeah. 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 Math works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How yeah. math and age and all yeah. of those things. Math, yeah. math does works. stuff to you. Yeah. But like some of the uh, fun theories are is that she assumed another I- identity. Why? Why, why would she, why do, she that? do that? Right. She's famous yeah. badass fire girl. Yeah. I don't know. That's one of the things is that... Um, in t- November 2006, the National Geogra- Geographic Channel aired two episodes of episode two of Undiscovered History, and there was alleged sightings of Amelia Earhart. Obviously, was alleged. she with Sasquatch Allegedly. and Elvis? I'm sorry. Was she with Sasquatch and Elvis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That she survived the world flight, moved to New Jersey, changed her name, and remarried, and became Irene Craigmill Bolam. Wait, she survived a flight. Just to move to New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, that's not a goal for anyone. Really? No. New Jersey of all places. 
Irene Bolam, who had been a baker in New York during the 1940s and night being Earhart, filed a lawsuit requesting $1.5 million in damages and submitted a lengthy affidavit in which she rebuted the claims. The uh, book's publisher withdrew the book from the market shortly after its release. And court records indicate that the company reached an out-of-court settlement with this. Because I think she just yeah. picked the regular person. Yeah. That just had a similar look to Amelia yeah. Herman. Yeah. Like, oh, you're blonde and your hair's short. Amelia? <laughs> but, we but, should also uh, make note that she um, she was instrumental in the formation of the, the 99s, the uh, the women flying group. So that was something that I had read and forgot to say. Another rumor was that she made a propaganda radio broadcast as one of the many women compelled to serve as Tokyo Rose. I don't know Tokyo Rose. Who's she, that? she was not Tokyo Rose. I'll tell you that. Who's uh, Tokyo Rose? Tokyo Rose was a, I think she was either Japanese American, but she was, she was a Japanese girl who lived uh, many years in the United States, spoke fluent English. And when World War II broke out, she was in Tokyo and they said, oh, hey, you speak great English. We want you to broadcast popular music. Uh, and we want Americans to listen to it, and we just want you to like crap talk America the entire time. <laughs> and uh, when World War II ended, we found at least the major Tokyo Rose. I think there were several women who were yeah. known as Tokyo Rose. Uh, we uh, killed her. Oh yeah, actually, I believe that we called her a traitor to the country uh-huh. for broadcasting hate messages to the United <laughs> States. So we don't I think love she that was freedom one of, of those. speech. <laughs> right? We don't think she was one of them. I don't uh, think Amelia. And then they discovered yeah. like Amelia. Oh, <laughs> Amelia, what are you, you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that because uh, when you watch uh, Joe Dirt, that movie, uh, he calls someone the Tokyo Rose of the trailer park, and now I understand what that. that <laughs> oh, joke is all that about. Sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, glad that made context. sense. Twenty years later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why history class is important, guys. Well, the last one. Yeah, because you need it to watch Joe Dirt. Yeah, you need that. Absolutely. To know that line. Yes. You know, that very important line. The last great myth about her is that uh, she became a spy for FDR. So she landed in Japan and then was a spy to FDR the whole time and then came back and assumed a regular life that nobody was able to find her. Mm. Japanese would have caught a white girl real quick. Yeah, I know. It's like, why would you pick someone who is that visible? Like, yeah. people knew who she was worldwide. And then, if, say she did do it, when she came back, you would, like, laud her with medals and awards mm-hmm. and, like, all right. the stuff, all the things. No, she apparently wanted less celebrity after being yeah, a spy that's why you moved FBI. to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you like want to become the first woman to circumnavigate the globe and to cross Atlantic because you want less celebrity. Less celebrity, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. These are just some of the myths that I've just read right now about what happened to Amelia Earhart. I'm glad you found yeah. those. I think she felt she went down in the, in the, Atlantic, in the uh, Pacific and just died. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> that's my thoughts. Probably. But Aaron, thank you for yeah. that at number four, yeah. Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Shite, villain, who do you have at number four? For number four for me, again, uh, thinking about people who I personally think are badass and I think uh, sold seeds, I have Sojourner Truth. Mm. Now, Sojourner Truth was born a slave in um, like upstate New York, like somewhere in New England. And um, she became one of the leaders of the abolitionist and the suffragist movement during the 1800s. Um, and like one of her famous things is the Ain't I a Woman poem. And the thing about that is funny because her first language is like German or something, German or Dutch. So the thing about that that's controversial, besides the fact that she couldn't read or write, they wrote 
this poem, which she probably did say these words because she was an eloquent speaker. They said she has this deep, resonant voice, and once she started talking, you know, everyone listened. But when it was published in the newspaper, they wrote it in like Southern black like speech, like "Ain't I a woman and that man over there?" He, so like, it doesn't make sense for several reasons. One, her first language was like German, so her accent would be different. Two, they kind of were playing off of this idea that you know Harry Beecher Stowe and all this stuff were like this one way to see, you know, black people in the United States, people who are descended of slaves, and so. The, even though the poem I, it's itself, I think, is interesting, and especially because it calls out the controversy and the hypocrisy of like, oh, the women's movement, you should give women rights because they're the gentler sex, they're the fairer sex. And she's like, uh, but I'm a woman and nobody treats me gently, nobody calls me fair, nobody opens doors for me. And so th this is kind of like the seeds of the, the black feminist movement, you know, like especially in the 70s, we were like, oh, women, we want to get out and we want to work. And the black women were like, hey, we've been working since day one. That's not what our feminist movement is about. So like when I talk about set, sowing these seeds, you know, putting that seed in there and she became an icon even later when, when that feminist movement came too. But besides the fact that, you know, she was born a slave and she became one of these people that were iconic. Everyone listened to her. She was known for, to be a great speaker. And she influenced a lot of what happened in this country for black people and for women. So, okay, Corey, you got anything about Sojourn Truth? I mean, I I'll just comment on some of the other early feminists. Uh, like I just taught my students about uh, Lucretia Mott and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and I I recall reading somewhere like they were so much about women's rights, but they were kind of only about white women's rights. Exactly. Yes. You know, like it's. It's so frustrating when you look in the past and you're like, oh, this was a person who helped civil rights. You know, like also I taught the Declaration of Independence. And I'm like, Thomas Jefferson says all men are created equal, certain inalienable rights. What a great guy. But, but <laughs> he had a bunch of slaves and one of them he was getting it on with all the time. And she had a bunch of those kids. She had those yeah. kids and he just put them out in the cotton fields. Like yeah. that's so rude and right. hypocritical. And it's. It's challenging because my students are like, well, Mr. Brown, is he a good guy or a bad guy? It's like, well, it's well, always see, complicated. That's how hinged <laughs> history works, guys. But Sojourner Truth, I think she's someone we can just give a solid thumbs up to. Yeah. Right? yeah. And she actually worked with some, I don't know if it was Lucretia or Elizabeth, one of them, but like there was that schism between it because as they were going up, and Frederick Douglass was involved in it too, as they were talking about rights. And so you had these prominent black people who were fighting for the rights, and then when it came to be decision time, they were like, are we fighting for all people's rights? Are we fighting for white people's rights? And you know, the white women were like, well, I'm fighting for me. Right. I don't know what you're... So there was that schism, and she was involved in that, and so like, being kind of in the thick of those things. So, yeah. Okay. So, Journer Truth. So, Journer Truth. Love it. Yeah, mm -hmm. love it. Great. For me, at number four, I went with uh, one of the best presidents that I could like remember in my brain. FDR. Mm, okay. I think that dude's dope. I've always thought that dude was dope. He was president four times. Yep. Yep. For like what, sixteen years? Twelve. Wasn't it twelve? Yeah. Well, he died 13? in office, right. so he he didn't quite make it, it sixteen. So yeah. he would have kept being president if yeah. he don't die. And I think after he died, they were like, okay, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't do it, can't like, do it anymore. as long. Can't, I, listen, I think he was like 12 and change. Yeah. All right. He was in his fourth term, and then he yeah. didn't make it. They were like, we're just going to keep this going. 
because yeah. this everything's going great. Well, it was World War Two, like he, the Great Depression, World War Two, a lot of shit was going on. They were like, uh, we're gonna keep you. We're around. just gonna keep this guy in charge. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So him, and then he had like polio, and he was like in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And uh, another cool thing, like he was tweeting before there was tweets, right? He did fireside <laughs> chats, right? So like our president now, current president, as of recording, that dude lets us send tweets talking about stuff about what's going on. Mm-hmm. FDR used to do these fireside chats and like talk to the people and let them know what's going on on a regular basis. That's dope. Then he did like a lot of reform and stuff. A lot of like cool stuff. I just think FDR's dope. Corey, go ahead because I know you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> Look, I, I don't want to disagree with anything you just said, but history has its own way of interpretations, of course. Of course. Uh, I I think that he might have overstepped some of his positions in presidential power. Okay. Oh, I'm he, sure he wanted did. to pack the Supreme Court. He was the first guy who started passing executive orders. Yeah. Congress tried to impeach him, but they obviously got further with Donald Trump and further with Andrew Johnson before. Um, he, like, I, I read this article saying, was FDR the American dictator? And in some respects, I could argue he was. Okay. Because he was the guy who was president so long. He was the guy who wanted to make all these sweeping changes. Um, like, and, uh, there were people during world war two who said, uh, you know, FDR, what you're doing is wrong. For example, interning the Japanese, that was really messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something FDR did, but FDR is like, Oh, you're not on board with the war. You're going to jail. So it was that simple for him. Yeah. But I mean, he, he was a guy who did, I might even argue he was the most was could I argue he was the most powerful US president? I mean, clearly the time. I would put say. In. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't argue it. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't argue it either. I mean, he was president for twelve years and change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I'll say, he did some good and some bad. Um Isn't that all of them though? It mm-hmm. is all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. All rulers are you're not gonna be able to please yeah, everyone. Even if you're a benevolent dictator, you're still a dictator. You're still a dictator, right. And so I think the same goes for him. It's just that, like, all the things he was able to get done. Like, I mean, he was elected three, four times. Yep. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not like he just held power, right? right. You gotta, you still got to go through the election process. I think his closest election was actually his last one, if I do recall. So <laughs> they were like, yeah. it's been a long yeah, time, bro. Right. I think Steve we're ready for some change. Like, you know He's what? like, well, I'm dying soon anyway. Whatever. <laughs> just keep it going. Keep yeah. it going. Um, he started the UN, though. Yeah. He mm-hmm. helped create the UN. And his wife, Eleanor, was the first ambassador to the UN. See, and Eleanor Go Roosevelt Ellen. is like Go dope Ellen. too. Yeah, she's Go cool. Ellen. And and FDR did have a lot of health problems. And Eleanor, I'm pretty confident she kind of was like, Oh, I'll pass this over to my husband. Mm-hmm. And then just did herself. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Let me go talk to him real quick. Eleanor Roosevelt is dope also. Was she a lesbian? Well, um, I do recall there and this is not factual, but uh I do recall there's some talk that Eleanor and uh FDR, they were related. Okay, I think yeah, they, they were cousins. cousins. They, they were cousins. cousins. They were cousins, and there really didn't seem to be a lot of romantic Love. attraction. It was <laughs> yeah, sort of were an arrangement. They were friends. Of so maybe they were each other's beard, is what you're implying? Yes, business relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you know what? That was what you did back then, though. Yeah. Like it, it's not when you really think about it. A lot of the marriages back then were business business arrangements, and so it doesn't seem like it's all that. Well, from Eleanor to me is like one of the best though first ladies also. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. so she's high up there, um, if not the best. I mean, I think Michelle Obama was dope, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think I think Eleanor's up there. Um, 
So I think you put them together. I think she, like you said, she was said, I'm going to go ahead and pass this on. And then she was like, rubber stamp. Where's that stamp? Uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm going to pass this on, but I'm going to make some changes. I'm a, where's that stamp? And she like would hit the stamp herself and she would change some stuff. That's probably what she did. Mm-hmm. They worked together. You know, they worked together as a team. FDR, I think he's dope. Aaron, you got anything to say about FDR? I'm going to use uh, some language that Kevin has uh, expressed. He was dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kevin taught me a new word today. Oh. Dope. Did, did how really? old are you? Did how, he really? How old are you? You don't know the word dope. Messing around. I was going to say. He's like, dope. That's not even like the kid lingo. Come on. I'm messing around. Eric, of course I know I, I know your back's is. hurting, but jeez. <laughs> you know, it's from carrying this podcast for so long. Come on now. <laughs> Says oh, literally wow. no one. Says literally no one. <laughs> Corey, who do Let's you Let's look know? at the uh, the victory record over here. Come on now. Corey, who do you have at number three? Well, I, I kind of do want to look at it now. Number three. I have no idea. Is probably arguably the most famous character in all of history. Okay. And if I did not include this person, I don't see how I Jesus. could have a badass rate. Uh, <laughs> this man is a prophet of oh. the Islamic religion. Ooh. Okay. And actually, I don't know if I could I don't know if I could even say prophet, but he is mentioned in the Quran. Okay. Okay. Alexander the Great. Oh of Macedon. All right. So not Jesus. Not Jesus. Okay. Jesus also in the Quran. <laughs> yes. Let me give some highlights. Of course, I could spend an hour talking about Alexander the Great. Let's talk about him, man. Born yeah. in 356 BC okay. in Macedon. Okay. Uh, he, of course, was born speaking Macedonian, but like his favorite thing was just Greek. Okay. Greece is right next to Macedon. Greece was this okay. really awesome part. They're not country. the same. They're, no. At this time, they were very culturally similar, but they are not okay. the same. And uh, so his dad goes about and takes over every single Greek city-state. So by the time Alex is 19, the entire Greek southern kind of peninsula is united, and they're building up this army, and they're like, okay, our ancient enemy Persia, we're going to take them out. And right when this army's getting ready to go, his dad gets assassinated. Wait, what? Yep. His dad gets assassinated. So then 19-year-old Alexander, it's like, Yo, you ready to lead this army and knock out the Persians? And he's like, he's like uh, "Yes, yeah, I am. I am." <laughs> and oh, man, I've got, I've just got a hundred little badass stories about Alexander the Great. I don't need a hundred. Give me like two. Okay. Alexander the Great always led the army. Um, always led the army by leading the battlefield. Like he was the first guy in the fight. He wore this big, giant headdress, huge red flame. So you knew it was him. You knew it was him. He would have the sword run in there. He would get slashed up and wounded like everybody else, but he didn't care. And his personal tactics on the battlefield inspired all of his men all the time. Right, because if like, the leader's running up in there, who are we? Yeah. yeah. Like, we're going to follow that guy. Yeah. Right. And, and he would talk crap, too, at the end of a battle. He'd be like, yo, Thudisius, you didn't follow me yesterday. (laughs) I saw you trip, fool. I saw you. Bro, bring it next time. Um, What else? Uh, Oh, the story of the Gordian Knot, I think, is great. So as Alexander is just knocking down these Persian cities, he eventually gets to Egypt. And at one city, there's this big, crazy amount of ropes that were intertied together. It was like, I don't know, the size of a car. And uh, somebody says, whoever can untie this knot will be the king of our people. And, you know, some other guys, like, try to untie it, and they can't do it. It's, like, too many crazy ropes. So Alexander looks at that crazy knot. He takes out his sword, and he cuts it in half. 
I untied the knot. He's like, done. And and the people are like, you're the king. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of little stories like that. And who knows how many of those are are actually historical fact. I mean, we do know Alexander the Great was a a real person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you become awesome, like when you become a badass, it lends areas for legend. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you're right. How who knows how many of those are true? They're all dope. Yeah. They're all dope. But who knows how real they are? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But but I'll tell you, everybody in the ancient world would have known that Alexander the Great is the number one historical badass. Everybody heard about him. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to emulate him. And he died when he was thirty three. I'm thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? You know who else died at thirty three? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, the clock is ticking. <laughs> You know? Alexander the Great Jesus. Hmm. Ooh. No, he's not. I think my favorite story or something about him is that he loved his horse so much that he named like a bajillion cities after his horse. His horse was like Bucephalus. Bucephalus. Yes. And he's like Bucephalopolis. Bucephalusville. Like, there still is a city named Bucephalus in Pakistan today. Yeah. <laughs> because of Alexander the Great. Okay. He, went, wow. yeah, he went that far. And the, the most badass thing about him was he took out the entire Persian Empire. Okay. okay. The the ancient empire, the enemy of the Greeks, he took them out, took them over, married a couple of the the old sultan's daughters, and then they're like, "Okay, we're going to like camp out in Babylon, we're going to like rule from there." He's like, He's like "No. Nah, gonna we're going to keep going. going. We're going to go to <laughs> India, we're going to go yeah. to China, we're going to just keep yeah. going." So there's like a so. city named after him in like almost every like area of Europe and Asia. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't have any plans of stopping and like no. ruling, nope. so he didn't. He did, had no interest in ruling, just conquering. Yeah, he just he just wanted to continue to fight, and eventually, once he uh, fought this battle in India, his guys were like, "Yo, turn turn around. Yeah. We ain't <laughs> we, going we no go more. Home. We ain't going it's no more." It's been ten years. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen my family in ten years. Ten years. Jeez. Turn it around. That's crazy. And they did. So yeah. And didn't that like? Didn't he like? Got hurt or got some infection, and that's what. There's some differing historical accounts, but I believe it's largely believed he got bit by a mosquito mm-hmm. and died from yellow died. fever. Dang. Like, can you imagine like what the greatest warrior in the world? Be like mosquito. That mosquito's like who's the biggest badass of them all? Say my name. Say yeah. Wow, Alexander the Great, man, that dude sounds dope. Hey, I, number one dope. dope band of the year three hundred BC. <laughs> For sure, he would have been on time BC. on three hundred BC's time man of the year, man of the decade, <laughs> man of the entire BCs. We might even say that. <laughs> okay, Alexander the Great is your number three. Aaron, who do you have at number three? Uh, my favorite, like back in the day in my middle school time, like. I loved, you know, the Roman Empire and thinking about, you know, the the battles at the Colosseum and all of that good stuff. So for in my three slot, I'm gonna put Spartacus. Spartacus. Mm, Spartacus. Um, dude's a badass slave. You know, imprisoned, put into you know battles in the Colosseum and got seventy-ish other you know slaves together and caused an uprising. Uh, rumors of them fighting with like kitchenware and stuff like that to get out of, you know, to get out of Rome. Dude was a freaking badass and a leader. And, you know, I 
thinking about like the movie gladiator that's how i imagine him being or, or spartacus you know the old spartacus not so much but that russell i mean i know it's not the same character but like that russell crowe bad you know character in gladiator like that's what i imagine spartacus being just this dude that could knew his way around the battlefield uh-huh. and was also a, a leader and he was able to you know help save a bunch of freaking people yeah get well, him out of there and you said 70 i think the historical reality he freed like 50,000 slaves. Oh, Jeez. It was a lot. It was a okay. serious slave uprising. Again, I, I wasn't going to quote that as fact. Like, the, yeah. I read a couple of different things, so and it was much lower than that, but that's incredible. Yeah. And and his whole strategy, too, he was like, okay, we're going to just go from Ludus to Ludus. We're going to go to all the major houses, just release all the slaves, mm-hmm. and we're going to oh, walk okay. ourselves out of Italy. I think maybe so. what the number that I had seen was on the original yes, escape. And the then, original escape. And then he went through and was basically saving all of the other slaves that were imprisoned in liberation that. liberation there that you go. is crazy yeah. spartacus the, so i've never seen gladiator what yeah i just have is gladiator it. about spartacus no 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 and I, and I and i clarified that okay. spartacus is about but that's how i have i imagine imagine him him that kurt russell like a gladiator kevin you need to watch gladiator a fighter it's like long right here a leader mm-hmm. so yeah here's like super long yeah i haven't watched it either <laughs> I've heard it's, it's great. Really good. I heard it's great. It's, I heard it's, 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 it's not, not, not knocking it. Not knocking it at all. That is like hours, of, hours along. I mean, it's not a fast film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. no, it's not. And again, that's, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I don't even think I've seen parts. <laughs> that's not Spartacus. Sometimes you can literally TV. watch the movie Spartacus it's with Spartacus. Uh, Kurt Douglas, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's also the TV show on yeah. Star Spartacus. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard those yeah. TV shows. Very R-rated TV show. Oh, definitely. Yes. There's yes. plenty of nudity and nudity. So much. Plenty of nudity and nudity. And no, nudity and dudity. Yes, a lot of bro, bro action. Bro action. A lot of full frontal bro broness going on. There. A, lot, a lot of bro on bro. Shante hasn't seen lived. Gladiator, but she's seen. I've Spartacus. seen Spartacus. <laughs> hey, priorities, people. Priorities. But yeah, he was a badass. So was Spartacus out here free? Whose army? So everyone we've named, whose group would be the top of the winners? Like we had Genghis Khan's army. We had. Well, I mean, Erwin Rommel had Shaka tanks. Zulu. Like, I mean, <laughs> Rommel, yeah, he that's, did have tanks. Rommel did have tanks. It's gonna be hard to beat tanks. So that's far. scale there. That's let's scale. take him out because he yeah. Had, okay, let's let's remove the Nazi from the equation. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, oh wow! So it, you're right now asking me to just analyze all the military leaders we've mentioned. <laughs> um, well, quite a few. Probably quick. Genghis Khan. I mean, we had yeah. Khan, that's what it we sounds had, like. Is we had Spartacus out here doing stuff, and then we had Alexander the Great, Shaka Zulu. But I'll tell you, if you took all those leaders and just challenged them to a wrestling match, Shaka Zulu would win. Okay. That. Okay, I believe that. Okay. I believe that. What would Alexander the Great win? Uh, who would he win out of all those people? What? What? what, what what's his what area we need of expertise? Uh, his event would be like, like not caring about his own personal. <laughs> so a berserker. He's a berserker, like a berserker. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then what about Spartacus? Well, Spartacus. I think Ooh. he'd be good at galvanizing people behind him, right? I mean, he would have the largest group. Well, and w- what's interesting Following is... willingly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recall <laughs> willingly, really analyzing key. Spartacus as, as a situation, and there is actually some debate over... Spartacus might not have even have been a real person. Interesting, yeah. Spartacus could have just been sort of this... Idea? Idea, the this idea. concept given to the slave uprising, 
because the the famous line in the Kirk Douglas movie, and I think there is some historical accuracy to this, is so eventually the slave rebellion is put down. Right. The Roman mm-hmm. legions find all the slaves. Yes. They you know round them up and they say like, okay, which one of you is Spartacus? Oh, and then God. all of them say, I am. Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I am so, Spartacus. Uh, the Roman legions do crucify crucify all them. them all. Right? <laughs> so, so it doesn't doesn't work out for them. It is not work successful. Out. But, but it's very uh, but the idea of Spartacus. The idea of I am Spartacus. Spartacus. Well, fine then. <laughs> Well, oh, all right. You are? That one's for you. Build some this more crosses. <laughs> yeah. But but no, the, the historical account actually is that uh, crucified slaves went all the way up and down the entire continent of, or continent, the entire country of Italy. Jeez. Um, they had just crucified slaves all up and down the major highway, the Appian Way. Wow. Uh, one slave every like 100 yards or something. So. Jeez Louise. Rome don't it probably, play. It probably stunk up to high heaven, too. Rome don't play. No, they don't. They, yeah. they never have. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they, they were out conquering all these people. They're like, we'll, we'll replace them. <laughs> don't you worry. We'll go back to Germany and fight some more. That's crazy. Yeah, no. Hey, Spartacus, though. Yeah, Spartacus. Number three. Maybe Spartacus. Maybe a person. Maybe not a person. Maybe but an idea. The idea. The idea of Spartacus. Idea of Spartacus. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It works. The umbrella. The umbrella. The umbrella. umbrella. The Spartacus umbrella. umbrella. Shante, what do you have at number three? So for number three for me, I have someone who was a little bit more successful at freeing slaves than Spartacus. Um, I have Harriet Tubman. Harriet T. And I have her, yes, because, you know, she was an iconic conductor on the Underground Railroad, but I also have her for the stuff she did beyond that. So, you know, she was like um a spy during the civil war she was a tactician she yes. led her own uh, battalion i mean she's so the only woman leading a battalion i also in the have harriet tubman here at number three yeah I and she listen mm. he, he just adjusted but I, I i i also have her at number three <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing i think that the fact that she was out there working with just free folk yeah to get this to done get this done is yeah. the most badass thing mm-hmm. I have ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about slavery and what was going on, like, not only did she get herself free, but she went back for people. She went back for the people she cared for. She went back for other people. She helped to kind of build the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And then during the Civil War, she's like, oh, I- I'm still up here, peeps. Let's do this. And so, you know, she was a nurse. She was a spy. She, you know, she did all these things and while dealing with, like, her, her injury, you know? Yeah. So, And she would, like, teeth. disguise herself. And yeah. she would trick people. And she was like ruthless too, because mm-hmm. she was like, "Whatever it's got to do to yeah. get this done." Yeah, she's nobody. like, "Oh, you want to go back? No, <laughs> like, I will shoot you in your yeah, face. Right you either walking with me, or you're dying right here. And then, Freedom like, of death. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of how that was, right? And then yeah. during the Civil War, the fact that Lincoln had her like lead leading, lead yeah. an assault—that's crazy, awesome, crazy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Well." She's, I mean, it's, she's it's Harry General Tubman. Harry Tubman. So yeah, that, yeah. I mean, what what do you want me to do about that? <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. And and the fact that after doing all that, she got to live to an old age and die in her bed. Like, yeah, respect. Like, it married and Absolutely. had kids, stuff. And it's crazy. Are we gonna put her on the twenty dollar bill? I remember there's some allegedly. I don't they know. keep going back and forth. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see. I don't know. But Harriet Tubman, you got some stuff about Harriet Tubman, Corey? I think you guys covered so much of it, and I know there was a, a movie called Tubman that came out recently. Didn't you? It was called Harriet. Oh, it was called Harriet. <laughs> oh, it was way. called Tubman. I did see it. They they focused again more on like you know the early years when she was like freeing slaves and going back. Mm, I don't know. I 
I appreciated it. I don't know if I loved it. Mm. There was a show though called The Underground. Called Underground. It was on WGN. Um, it starred Journey Smollett. Smollett. Journey Smollett. Um, and it was about like some slaves escaping for freedom, and then during like the second season, Harriet Tubman shows up, and she is there in all her badassery that you could expect. Who plays her? Um, Aisha Hines. I'll look her up later. Yeah, she was dope though. It was dope, and then she like confronts some like slave. There's some people trying to like find the making seven because they escaped from this this house, and uh, she like straight up confronts the, the like the slave catchers and like tricks them and save helps save them. And she like I'm going back to get some more, mm-hmm. and it's just dope. It's just yeah. dope. Yeah. And then imagine how much walking that was. Oh my so God. much oh. walking. Like when do you so think about like walking. she walked like a hundred miles each way. Yeah. Did, did she go it's back and forth more. like 26 times? Yeah. Yes. Like, wow. That's a lot of walking, man. That's a, that's a number. I didn't even know they had a number yeah, on how many times she did. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, not like she Dang. could like hop on a, an actual railroad or something. Like she had yeah. to keep low key. Like, and Did she go all the way to Canada with the freed slaves too? I think there were some times that she did go up there. But yeah. I think, you know, getting across that Mason-Dixon line was like the goal. Yeah. And she, they kind of branched off. She went back 13 times. It was 26 times back and forth. Okay. And... Like you said, she the the main goal was to get to the Mason Dixon, and then there she were had several routes that branched off, and she had different groups helping get them, funneling them wherever they had to go, different stops on yep. the railroad, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would, and then they would hide. She would have them hide them in like under the floorboards and like mm-hmm. in different places. So dope. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. so dope. Harry is amazing. Harriet. I didn't, know, be I didn't know that general stuff. I knew a lot about the Underground Railroad stuff that she had done, but I didn't know yeah. the general stuff. That's super yeah. freaking cool. And that's the thing. People always talk about it, yeah. but they only talk about this l- yeah. little segment. You're like, I mean, you're missing like so much yeah, of the I story. Know. I would have thought the movie Harry would have covered the By the, the time it years. got to that, that was the end of the movie. So uh-huh. it really focused on that, and they got to the end of the movie, and then they show her kind of like leading a group, and then the yeah, face yeah, yeah, to black. That. And I'm like, wow. So right here it says, Tubman uh, became came to the attention of Massachusetts Governor John Andrew, who thought her stealth and leadership skills would be useful in the Union Army. Duh. I laughed. Duh. <laughs> That's why I laughed then. Listen, she was real like, she was real slick, yeah. right? She this was is what able, we call a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. On June 1st, 1863, Tubman led a spy mission to help identify Confederate resources and locate mines that targeted Union boats. The information was used in a raid on a rebel plantation that helped free slaves and helped the Union gain ground. In addition to working as a spy, she also served as a scout, a nurse, and a cook. Unfortunately, she Give was... Give her a gun and a lot of bullets. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right? What I'm we know she knows how to use the gun, because yeah. she's like, ain't nobody getting off this here. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, she would spend the rest of her life fighting for the Union pension. She felt she deserved... Oh, was oh, they didn't give her a pension. They didn't pay her. Oh. Why? Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Fuck. They did that shit a lot. They did that in the Revolutionary yeah, War. They did that in the Civil like, War. Like they did the stuff. War 1812. We got you. They did we, it. We yeah. got you, Winky. Fight for I, us. Yeah. We'll take care of you. Yeah, right. correct. Shame. So they didn't do that. But she, I do remember reading about, I read like something in depth about her work with the Union Army. Because they were like, oh, man, she did like get all those black people free that mm-hmm. we didn't even realize happened. Yeah. So yeah. obviously mm-hmm. she knows how to get in and out of places right. with nobody knowing. And so her working as a nurse and a cook also was I mean, she she was, was a woman. So a they, part of they getting did that this first. done. And so that is Harriet Tubman. 
I think she's dope. I'm she glad you also dope. think she's dope. Yes. That was our number three. She ain't my number three, but I think she's dope. Yeah. <laughs> she dope. She dope. And like I said, she's a little bit more successful than Spartacus. She, just <laughs> just, just yeah. going to say. She, no shade in Spartacus, No shade in Spartacus, but it, we're listen, talking success. Listen, no, but I'm going to shade Kevin because I watched his eyes as he goes, oh, yeah, she's my number three now. Just <laughs> <laughs> said that list on the fly. Sometimes you got to adjust yeah, on the yeah, fly. Yeah. Aaron knows better oh, than anyone. Uh, uh, I beg to differ. <laughs> you don't just know better I, than just, anyone about just, adjusting just, on the Just because I play smart, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Corey, who do you have at number two? Well, my number two is keeping the theme of abolition and ending slavery going. Uh, my number two is Olida Equiano. Oh. Have all y'all heard about nope. him? Tell me about nope. this person. This is offensive to me as a history teacher. I'm not saying it's <laughs> anything wrong with y'all. This is something wrong with your teachers. Okay. 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 Because I'm going to argue right now, Olida Equiano is the reason why slavery has ended worldwide. Okay. okay. I will argue that. Okay. So let me tell you a lot of Equiano's life story. Uh, he was born in a village in modern day Ghana in 1745. Uh, he was kidnapped when he was 10 years old by slave catchers. He was brought to the coast and then taken across the middle passage into the new world. He was in the slave ships. It was terrible. The worst experience you could imagine. But when he gets to the new world, Olida gets rather lucky. Uh, he is, uh, purchased by a sh ship captain, and the ship captain just sort of has Olida serve as his first mate, and he makes Olida learn a bunch of languages. He teaches Olida how to read, and eventually Olida serves on this ship for how many years, and he eventually earns his own freedom. And oh, so he actually did earn his freedom. Well, I, I think his his master ship captain guy was just like no, whatever. No, the, the, re the reason like, I, I asked that is because there's a lot of times that they would like. Like offer. was black slaves, they would offer them their freedom, and they could like work towards it. But it was never like yeah. a real thing. I, mm -hmm. Well, and I I don't think his master was under any obligation to grant right. him his freedom, but his master just did it because that that that's kind of duty was. That's good dude. Okay. Um, and the the kind of confusing thing is his master gave him the name Gustavus Vasa. Okay. So he has he's known as like two names throughout history. Um, but as soon as he's given his freedom, he makes it his life mission to end slavery worldwide. Okay. okay. And he moves to London, and of course he speaks great English, and he was probably one of the first black people to ever live in London. Like, okay. There's so many times where people are like, whoa, what's wrong with your skin? It's like, I'm from Africa. Hey, whoa, <laughs> I thought you were like different creatures, and you like worked for us in the new world. He's like, no, we, we are working for you in the new world, and that's wrong. And so Olida wrote an autobiography, and I have my students read it in my class, okay. and it's... His experience in the Middle Passage, he describes how terrible the slave ships were. And I tell my students that Olida went on a mission, just a mission to educate people. Be like, yo, slavery is screwed up. Slavery is really messed up. And he befriended William Wilberforce, Wil William Wilberforce, uh, who is this uh, politician in London. And William Wilberforce is given almost all the credit for ending slavery in the United Kingdom's colonies. Mm. But I try to tell my students that this is kind of a whitewashing of history here <laughs> because, yeah, William Wilberforce was the guy who made the speeches, passed the laws, really started the legal process to end slavery. Olida was the one with the whip marks on his back, right. with mm -hmm. the branding on his chest. And it was his autobiography that really did grow the abolition movement and teach people of Europe that, hey, Africans are capable people too. Africans should not be punished to the severity of slavery. Um, yeah. 
And I, I, I think I could very easily show you a timeline of when his book is published and when various abolition movements began and then when all the European countries started to outlaw slavery. Um, an interesting fact, uh, his life, his book, The Narrative of a Slave by uh, uh, Gustavus Vassa, uh, that book was banned in the United States for many years. And the United Kingdom ended slavery in all their colonies in the eight, early 1800s. Right. And the United States illegally started to smuggle slaves from Africa to the New World, which is one of the reasons why Britain declared war on us in 1812. Britain's like, yo, America, stop slavery. Slavery's wrong. And we're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> Jeez. We're going to keep Damn. it going. And Olida Equiano and his life story is the primary reason why Europeans changed their minds about slavery. It's just America, we were a little slow with it. Little. So. Uh, a lot of slow. A lot, a lot of, of slow. slow. Like five very, decades, very dude. Five. I wish they taught about this guy in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. the sad reality is. His story affects Europeans' attitudes about slavery. Mm -hmm. His story was literally suppressed from the United States, and he never went to the United States his Mm -hmm. whole life. So he's not a part of American history, but he is, I'm going to argue, a significantly greater part for world history and ending slavery around the world. Interesting. At least slavery of of African-Americans or Africans. Africans, yeah. Yeah. That's that's an asterisk there. (laughs) What? Oh, that. <laughs> Other slaves, I guess. Other slaves. <laughs> but only 5% of slaves ever ended up in what is now the United States. 95% of slaves were sent to the Caribbeans and mm-hmm. South America. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. This dude, though, I I wish I knew about this dude before now. Yeah. He's a good dude. I'm glad I know about him now. <laughs> I, I literally have pulled up his like page, and I'm going to probably buy this autobiography to read it. Can I still get it? Can I get it here? I yeah. mean, it's, it's, I'm it, it might still be banned. Kevin. It it. I don't it's, know how to work that embargo. I, <laughs> I have my students read like the first two chapters, so it's it's good. Um, I want to I want to read this thing. Then you should get it. I'm going to. Okay, because <laughs> like you're making it seem like I really want to read it. It's like you can read it, Kevin. You can do it. I believe in you. I'm just I'm just happy that uh, he was able to get some freedom for for, for real. Yeah. <laughs> no, for like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah you can earn your freedom. Oh, but the price keeps going up. It's yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's away. what that's what was happening to a lot of people. Here. I will argue he is the most important person in world history for ending slavery. That's wild, man. I love it. I love. I this want, is, I, I I'm learning a lot on this episode. It's fantastic. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, nope, I had no, no doubt. idea who this guy was. Autobiography is called "The Interesting Narrative: of The Life of Olado Equiano." Right. Alida Equiano. Alida Equiano. Equiano. Hmm. Hmm. Get that thing right. Nine chapters. I'm gonna get that thing. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you borrow it afterwards if you want to read it. Okay. You probably don't want to read it. Why wouldn't I want to read it? Because your face just said you didn't want to read it. Well, my face is saying that, yeah, I don't think you're going to read it. And I'll never see this book. Oh, you didn't believe in me. That's Thanks, Billy. I told you I did, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, thank you, Corey, by the way. No doubt. Aaron, who do you have at number two? At number two, I went with Sitting Bull. Uh, Big, powerful chief of the uh, Sioux and the, sorry, the Kota Sioux Nation. Um, first man to become the chief of, of both those nations. Okay, Sitting Bull. Corey, do you have anything to say about Sitting Bull? Well, first of all, shout out to Mariah Blackbird, a friend yes. of the podcast. <laughs> she's been on hey, the pod Mariah, before. Mariah, yes. Mariah. Yeah, she's she's uh, my, my go-to on everything Lakota. Mm-hmm. Um, have her uh, in my classroom. 
Um, and uh, Sitting Bull, he, he definitely is kind of the quintessential Native American resistance movement. Um, what's sort of screwed up, though, is later in his life, uh, P.T. Barnum of Barnum and yeah. Bailey Circus fame, okay. uh, hired him to sort of just like be a circus act. Are you kidding? No me? way. Are you kidding? I me? am not kidding you. And like, so people like he, you know, he needed the money, I guess. So he uh, traveled around the country with the circus act. And like, it was like, you know, shoot a fake gun at Sitting Bull. And like people uh, paid money. To no do kidding way. me. That's a shame. Yeah, Holy his, crap. Like the, the later part of his life is actually super tragic. Right. Oh, um, no. But, uh, you know, it's like, look, like uh, he won the battle of the Little Bighorns pretty Awesome, yeah. Got him, got him all this fame, but uh, eventually the Indians didn't win in the long run. Right, right, right. Um, and oh. uh, they tried. They, yeah. Oh, they they gave a hell oh, of yeah. a fight. Yeah. So Custer Custer did not stand. No. <laughs> yeah. His last stand. His last was a fall. stand. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, that's where he he won so much fame. But uh, the the Native Alliance did not last. And once the uh, the full force of the American military went in there, yeah, gave up. So that's all you could do. I, that's so sad to hear, though, yeah. about the the Barnum. Barnum, thing, the Barnum man. Thing. I mean, he oh, was man. Barnum was not a he was good not dude. a good he dude. was not, not a, a badass. Dude. That dude was <laughs> slime. terrible. Person. No matter what the Greatest Showman would have you yeah. believe. Yes, yeah. that oh that movie about that dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, yeah. Is, is is I've never seen the movie. Is Sitting Bull in the movie? You're representing not at all. No. Oh, that's. <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, if he was, that'd be terrible. I don't want to yeah. see him. This is the Greatest <laughs> Show. Yeah, yeah. That that movie portrays it that way. The I. In it high makes school. it seem like P.T. Barnum was like, oh, we should love everyone the same. We're all great. It's like, no, no, he wasn't like that at all. In in high school, my uh, my school did the play called Barnum, and there's literally a song about his his catchphrase, which was, there's a sucker born every minute. Like, that dude was not a not a good dude. No. Not a good dude at all. Was, was that Bailey person okay? I don't know anything about Bailey. Bailey? Barnum oh, Barnum and, and, Bailey. and Bailey. I imagine they're... Similar the because same. they are partners and what and about stuff the like Ringling that. Brothers? I can't imagine they'd be any better. I, I mean, can't. circuses are not good things. I know. I mean, a lot they, of animal. I should say, besides mistreating people, they mistreated animals. They have that picture or that video. One of the earliest of uh, videos they have of them electrocuting an elephant. What? And uh. this elephant, she was being abused by her handler, and she fought back, and so they electrocuted her, and they. They videoed it, and it's one of the first videos ever made. Um, circuses are trash. Yeah, circuses are trash. Don't go to them. I, I don't know if I've it. ever been to one my whole life. I went years I've and years and years away. ago. No. <laughs> I went to the. Uh, there was a. There used to be like a black circus that would come to LA. Oh uh, yeah, I do remember that. A friend, my friend's brother was like one of the stilts walker people for that yeah so that was cool but a black circus this sounds racist <laughs> no it was the ringmaster was black yeah, and it was black. um there was entertainers were black it was just uh, it was it was something for black people if you will it was still a circus it still was regular circus yeah. I don't I mean, think there anyone was any could elephants. go yeah i don't think there's any elephants or anything but no. the people that put on the show the black people that were in charge were basically the barnum and bailey type uh. It was cool. Mm-hmm. I forgot All what it's right. called, but it was dope. And like the the tamers were were African American and the people that like worked with all the animals and stuff. The performers I, and all. Yeah, circuses are not good. Well, things, I'm assuming that really. one was probably better because it was like came around in like yeah. the 90s. So yeah. at that point, you like have all this thoughts and ideas about circuses. <laughs> I know that's like the heyday of Sea World, and then we find all this stuff later. Yeah, Blackfish. Black 
I uh, I was scrolling Reddit the other day, and I cannot remember what country it is, but they're starting to do um, circuses with like electric light show type performances. So the the lights create the animals that are doing the acts and stuff. So you're Ooh. you're watching, you know, you're seeing what the animal acts would have been like, but kind of like laser tech. It's well, and you could like give neat. a giraffe wings, you know. You it's like could it's absolutely a give a giraffe wings. That you might know, be something crazy. of in my nightmares later. A, <laughs> oh, <well>. a giraffe <laughs> with wings. <laughs> yeah, those called the universe soul circus. Ah. You, you're already got such a long neck. Why do you got to fly? <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like, Terrifying. is that necessary? Yeah. Oh. I feel like that might actually hurt the giraffe's neck because like the wind <laughs> resistance would be like all over the place. I'm so sorry to hear about Sitting Bull, though. Yeah. And that that happening is really too. unfortunate. Yeah. But he was, still, life, he was still an amazing, you know, warrior and leader and, you know, fits in my two slot. I like it. Mm-hmm. Shantae, who do you have at number two? So at number two for me, I have Mamie Till. Okay. And Mamie Till was the mother of Emmett Till. And you probably have heard that name before. He was a little boy in 1955. His mom sent him to Mississippi to visit some relatives down there, and he ends up getting kidnapped and tortured and and mutilated. Um, And the reason why I picked Mamie and not Emmett, not that, I mean, it was a tragedy, but because Mamie used this tragedy to basically galvanize the civil rights movement. So she has to go down, she has to get Emmett's body, and he is so mutilated that the only way she knows it's him is because he's wearing his father's ring. That's the only way she can identify him because they, they fucked him up so much. Um, so she takes him back up to Chicago. She, they're planning the funeral and they're like, okay, we're gonna have to have this uh, closed casket. And she's like, no, I don't want you to close the casket. I want them to see what they did to yep. my baby. Mm-hmm. She, and the picture you see, I think it was on, it was either Jet or Ebony, but it was on the cover. And it looks like it's a blob of humanness. And that is after they had attempted as best they could to reconstruct. So like, imagine the horrors that this little 14 year old boy went through. Um, and at this time in this country, I mean, we have Jim Crow, we have all these things going on, and there's also this kind of difference between the North and the South. In this North, the racism was a little more, like, subtle, they like a little sugar with them racism, they, you know, you can have some rights, but we're not gonna, you know, not too many. But in the South, they were, like, full frontal, like... We don't, we don't know how it is. Yeah, this is how it is. I'm proud of how racist I am. And so, and you know, when they're trying to undo a lot of these injustices and you, you can't say anything because some of the same people who are taking and dragging people out in the middle of the night and lynching them are the same people who you're supposed to go to for help. Like the police, the judges, the lawyers, the things like that. So this is all baked in through the system and so, it was very hard for organizations like the NAACP to get people to come together and to fight back because if you do, it's a very real uh, thing that you might just come up missing and then end up hanging on a tree somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. The strange fruit that Nina Simone talked about. So the fact that not only did she have that open casket and show this grotesque thing that they did, it ended up going worldwide and showing kind of the hypocrisy of the United States, you know, yet again, and had countries around the world calling for justice. And they did actually, you know, put the men through trial, 
And then like they went in and deliberated for like an hour and still found found them not guilty. And they were like, well, it wouldn't have taken that long, but we stopped for lunch. Like this is the kind of situation they were in. So her doing that and being vocal about it and mm-hmm. opening up, it really did galvanize the civil rights movement. And we wouldn't have the Medgar Edgars, we wouldn't have the MLKs, we wouldn't have the Malcolm X's, we wouldn't have the Rosa Parks if it weren't for Mamie Till. Yeah. So that's why for me, I have to put her at number two because she took an absolute tragedy and she she inspired a nation. And she continued to work with us. She continued to try to get justice for her son. She continued to fight for, you know, civil rights. She was acting in the civil rights movement. And I just to put it in context, Mamie Teal didn't die till 2003. What? So this is not something that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So this is you know, something, a very real thing that happened. And I feel like that her model is followed by, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement again, when a mother's child is taken tragically and then her getting together and wanting to fight back. So she's still kind of inspiring people today. You still have the name Emmett Till being used as like this this banner call of like, okay, this is some bullshit we, and we need to fight it. So Mamie Till for me, number two. They just used Emmett Till's story in an episode of Lovecraft Country. Um, very recently, Lovecraft Country is a show on HBO, and Emmett, you you see Emmett throughout the first couple episodes of the series, and then in about episode six, I believe, mm-hmm. like it was like only an eight or ten episode series, um, he's he dies, he's mm-hmm. killed, well, yes, and the casket's open and it smells terrible, and it was on purpose. Mm-hmm. They have that done on purpose so that way everyone knows because it was a hot day. Mm-hmm. And, and thousands of people came to yeah. the funeral to see. One thing I, I I didn't mention that I need to, he all that shit happened to him for no fucking reason. Was, they said that he was in some store and he whistled at a white woman. First of all, Emmett Till had a stutter. And one of the ways he did things he did to get over the stutter was to whistle. So he wasn't whistling at her. He was just whistling. And she admitted, but she waited until the other, the two dudes who... Um, were accused of doing it, died before she admitted that she lied and made the whole thing up. Yeah. And even then, they did not overturn anything or, or, or give justice to Emmett Till and his mother. So all of this happened because a white woman decided to lie for no good reason at all. Just makes no, no damn sense. But that's what happens when you piss off a black mother. Then she comes for her rights, I guess. It's crazy. Wow. Mamie. Mamie Till. Doing what she had to do for her kid. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, and my number two. Sorry too. you have to follow that, Kev. I have him okay. Uh, that was, that was <laughs> okay. Martin. I have Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. That dude's a badass, too. Um, he was a preacher. He's, what? I mean, he was, he was killed. Anytime you're like, anytime people feel like they got to kill you, <laughs> that means you're doing some shit right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dr. King was one of the f- the forefront of the civil rights movement, and, and Mamie, as Shante was saying, Mamie Till's stories was one of the ones that helps galvanize the civil rights movement. Rosa Parks' story and what happened with Rosa Parks is another thing that helps galvanize the civil rights movement. And the movement had two very prominent leaders in Malcolm X doing it one way. Mm-hmm and Martin Luther King doing it another. Both of them are badasses in their own right, 
one of them is a little bit more gruff, if you will, than some people would want. Mm-hmm. But Dr. King is the one I chose because him having the them doing like the Million Man March and being able to get these people and, and being able to have the iconic I Have a Dream speech along with all of his other speeches is why I have Dr. King at number, at number two. Corey, I'm sure you know a lot about Dr. King. I certainly do. Uh, he is the, I, I think I read somewhere that he's tied with George Washington, or maybe he's more than George Washington, with the most street names named after him in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dr. King, his final speech wasn't even really a speech that focused on civil rights. It was a speech that was about the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. But he related it to civil rights and saying, like, look, why are black men dying on the other side of the world in Vietnam when we can't get our rights here in the United States? And uh, the assassin that ultimately did kill Dr. King, uh, he said, like, I killed him because he's a communist, because he believes, like, you know, he doesn't want to fight the Vietnamese. The uh, the guy who killed him did it not even about civil rights, which just shows that Dr. King really was spreading the spectrum of these are so many issues that I care about. Um, obviously, he's so uh, famous for, for civil rights. I just want to point out that his opposition to the Vietnam War was what ultimately... Was his demise? Uh, was his demise? Yeah, it was just crazy, right? That yeah. that was the reason this dude did that. <laughs> was, yeah, it's like there are a lot of people who are against that war, dude. But he had people doing sit-ins. Mm-hmm. He had sit-ins. People believe that change comes. People, well, I don't know if they really believe this, but people believe that all change is nonviolent. Mm. But change can only happen on a massive scale with a little bit of violence. And so, though they were doing these sit-ins, they were not just allowed to just sit there. They were manhandled, and they were roughhoused. And, I mean, some of my favorite pictures of Dr. King is with his jacket off and his sleeves rolled up. Because <laughs> if he had to go, he was going to go. It, yeah. was, it was crazy. But um, he still, he, I mean, he, he wanted to be nonviolent, but if, Things got there, they got there. Mm-hmm. And it was all with the common interest of getting things changed and what was right being done. So seems to be here at number two, we have a really strong argument for people that are looking for equality mm-hmm. amongst all four of our number twos. So I think it's, number two is going to be a real tough one to pick mm-hmm. who the ultimate badass is. The one thing I do love about this whole thing that we're doing today is that we are talking about 20 super awesome people, mm-hmm. no matter how this goes. Yeah. And so these are all people that you would want to know more about and should look into because they're all badasses in their own right. Yep. With that being said, Corey, who do you have at number one? Probably someone that very few people have heard of in Zynga of Nongo and Matamba. Nope. An African queen born in 1583. Okay. I, uh, I never heard of Queen Nzinga before this past summer when I was uh, researching my curriculum to teach AP World History here in Las Vegas. Um, but she is you know, definitely a highlighted person to teach, and she is deserving of this podcast. Okay. So let me tell you the life story of Nzinga of Nongo and Matamba. Uh, Nzinga uh, was, uh, her father was the king of a small tribe, and 
her father just loved her, okay? And like always had Nzinga hang out, learned all about war, learned all about fighting, was always there whenever there was some kind of a political meeting. And uh, I think Nzinga, she either had an older brother or a younger brother, but the dad kind of knew he was like not not really great at leadership. (laughs) And uh, the dad was sort of like, Nzinga, like when I go, you're going to take over, okay? Um, And so sure enough, uh, dad dies. Uh, I think he died in like a tribal raid or something, but um, the the brother does take over, and the brother uh, has Nzinga mutilated so she can never have children of her own. Um, well, Nzinga s- plays it quiet for a couple years, but then she rallies some support. She goes to her brother and kicks him out of the of the kingdom, <laughs> and the brother dies shortly thereafterwards. Uh, the brother had a couple of kids, and Zinga killed those kids because she's like, I'm taking over, mm-hmm. okay? And so she then becomes the leader of this tribe, and she, she eventually grows it and grows it. Um, and this is in modern-day Angola, okay? So we're kind okay. of in southern Africa. And during this time period, the Portuguese start up with the slave trade. And Nzinga's like, you ain't coming here and taking my people as slaves. So uh, the Portuguese start fighting her, and she starts losing. And she's like, man, these guys got guns. I got to get me some guns. So she finds the Dutch, who are just a little bit north. And she cleverly uses political maneuvering and says, hey, Dutch, you don't like the Portuguese? Give me some guns and I'll fight them. <laughs> you don't so, like them? You don't like these my people? Enemies, so enemy my is enemy my is my friend. As, as soon as she gets yeah. some guns, she also reaches out to, I think I think these were like kind of early Zulus. Uh, oh, shoot, I forget the name of this tribe. But it was sort of this wandering tribe of warriors. Uh, she teaches them how to use guns, rallies them together, and they fight the Portuguese and they kick the Portuguese out of Angola. Dang. Okay? Okay. Like, so she, she's the maybe the only successful African queen, first of all, and she's successful at kicking out the slave traders from kidnapping her people and taking them to the other side of the world. Uh, she then goes on to unite with the other kingdom of Matamba, um, and uh, by all accounts, she successfully keeps her country independent and rid of slave traders for the rest of her life. Um, she... Uh, converts to Christianity. She learns something like four different European languages. She encourages European trade. She wanted Angola to become an equal player on the international stage during her time period. And I'm prepared to argue that she did. Um, And uh, yeah, no, she is top tier, badass African queen. Um, I I do have some additional information that I don't share with my students, but I'll I'll share with the podcast just because it's interesting. Sure, why not? Um, So even though Nzinga could not have children of her own, she was still known to be a a lady who liked to get down to biz. Yeah, that's what I just read too. And Nzinga, she had a harem of young men at her disposal. It says here 50 to 60 at a time. 50 to 60 at a time. <laughs> that just sounds like a lot. And sometimes she would uh, be like, I just want to sleep with one guy tonight. So she would choose two guys and say, fight to the death. And whoever survived, she'd be like, you're stronger. Let's get it on. Wait, and wow. then it gets better because hey. it says that in the morning... She would put the other one to death. Oh, oh my God. It says here one letter records that man. she executed her lovers. Goodness. 50 to 60 men dressed as women. That's that's not the historical lesson I want to put as a harem. And she had them fight to the death of their privilege and duty of spending the night with her. 
and then in the morning, the winner was also put to death. Damn, but <laughs> that's but what we call a lose lose. <laughs> later in her life, she was wearing you know gold jewelry and silk dresses that would rival any queen in Europe. So, mm-hmm. so she was getting it done yeah. back in the day. And I've I've heard of her. I didn't know too much about her, but I've heard of Queen and Zinga before. Her yeah. and like um, the chieftain of Ashanti. I forgot her name, but. Yeah, so people are like, nope, not going to happen. Not here. And Zynga, she's on Angola's money, and she's, yeah, she's their national hero. So pretty cool. That's dope. I want to end up reading more about this. I'm I'm really excited, like Aaron said, about this podcast because I'm like reading more about these people Mm because this is just amazing. Thank you for having all this information about these people. Like keep and keeping her at number one. That's dope. She, yeah. she, yes. <laughs> yeah, she seems cool. I like how she was crazy. literally crazy like Portuguese. Cool. Hey fam, you're not coming no, up in here. Not no. Here. No. Here. And they said, No, but we are though. She's, she's like, like, Cool, cool, no, cool, cool. But you're hey not. Dutch, remember those Portuguese people? <laughs> yeah. Like F them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. F them, right. Yeah. Let me give me some of them guns. Yeah, yeah. I'll help you out. <laughs> Look, I got you. I got, I got you. you. You got you. And the Dutch were like, Oh, she does got us. And then they gave her the guns. And then she took care of the Portuguese. And then it, it said here that down the road, the Portuguese were just like, ah, screw it. Yep. <laughs> not worth it. Not, <laughs> not worth, it. worth it. There's easier kingdoms well, in they Africa. They also had their own problems going on at that time. Correct. Too, so I'm 1657, sure like, it says that they just stopped. They just gave up their claim on Angola, if you will, modern day Angola. But they just gave up their claim on it. And they were like, Oh, that's no, too much. Got time for this. Listen, we've been trying to take this place for like twenty years, man. Thirty years. I'm over this it. Crazy lady. She just keeps fighting <laughs> us. It's hot out here, peeps. It's not even worth it. Let's just go up the coast. Beat us. <laughs> so they just said, "All right, we won't go down there no more." And she ended up dying like in her eighties. It's crazy. But yeah, she, like, she lived a long, full life. Had a harem, just kept them. Nice. Yeah, if only she could have had kids of her own, though. So yeah. dang. And so it's, it I says know, that sometimes it's always the second generation when like you don't set that clear successor and then they have the infighting and just. So well, it says know. here that um, her sisters end up taking over after she was oh. after she died. Nice. So that's cool. Thank you for that, sir. Aaron, who do you have at number one? So uh, you actually talked about him just a second ago, very very eloquently and way better than I could have. I went with MLK. Okay. And just give me to give you guys a little perspective. I mean, I grew up in a suburb outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, we had very limited Black history, you know, in school. Like, I mean, we had some, but for me, he was the beacon of of that. And you explained it with the marches. And I, I particularly like the imagery of him rolling up his sleeves, getting ready to, <laughs> to, to scrap if he, if he needed to. And, you know, and, and the reason I think that he is, is that is, you know, he, like I said, he's the beacon, but there are so many other elements and, and, and peoples that have, that are attached to that movement. But he was, how I learned it was, was the badass so that you know kevin much more eloquently than i ever could have put it but and and one of the things that's been great about you know moving to vegas and and this friend group is having these conversations with people that had different experiences and and these are things that i never would have gotten in actual school so i i do appreciate that as well so so you have dr king okay listen martin luther king is dope Mm mm-hmm Malcolm X though was also super dope. He was, and I don't know enough about him to, you know. I feel like I, I know he, some of his stuff. He I want to tell you a, about him. Well, exactly. yeah, he <laughs> was a victim of a of like a bad spin job. Yeah. you know, bad like yeah. a lot of what he was trying to do was the same as Martin, but more like a but 
I'm not. I don't have time to wait for you to decide to be nice <laughs> I, to I me. Wanna, you know, I'm gonna now. go ahead and get yeah. this shit yeah. done. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, an eloquent speaker. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a shame that they killed him. Yeah, he got killed by his people. His Assassins people. That's, every time. That's called jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because it was right around the time when him and Martin were like, "All right, maybe we can work together maybe a little we bit are more." Are on the same Who page. Ima- like, imagine what could have happened. Yeah, it would have been crazy. And then, like, it would have been crazy because then uh, Malcolm would have been like, "Listen." Doctor, it's not getting done. I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna go, ahead I'm and gonna go take care of this. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit more gruff than you. Yeah. He's like, all right, go ahead. Well, you be diplomatic, <laughs> and I go get the gun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Later in Malcolm's life, he got super into the Nation of Islam. And yes. Like, mm-hmm. Wore like silk clothes every day. That's like, what that's I think. What I think he in. calmed down quite a bit. Oh yeah. But that's what helped do him, man. Is is the the, is the, the pivot? Nation. Yeah. The nation. They they did him in. But yeah. yes. So MLK for Dr. me, King, just a badass. At one. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Shante, who do you have at number one? At number one for me, I have Ida B. Wells Barnett. Um, and the reason why I have her at number one is because I don't feel like enough people talk about her. Um, she was a reporter during the early 1900s. And no, not 1900s. Hold on. I wrote it down. Let me make sure I get this right. I got to put some respect on this. All right, during the, the, from the late 1800s to early 1900s. So, and she was also one of the founder of the NAACP. And the thing, the reason why she's such a badass is that she was one of the people who, one of the few people who was writing about the lynchings that were going on across this nation in the thick of it. So again, I talked about this before, like this is a time when people just went missing and then showed up days later hanging from things. So. Mm-hmm. The fact that not only was she talking about it and naming names and pointing fingers, but she was a woman doing it. And often she had to create her own outlets to do it because people either were too afraid or they tried to come after her. She had like her her uh, newspaper office bombed. She's been driven out of places. She had to like pack up and leave real quick because they were trying to come after her. And she kept doing it. She kept writing about it. She kept talking about it. And like... That's the most badass of badass of badass, and she yeah. and she brought to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Besides, outside of the black community, because black people knew what was going on, and so did white people. But she brought it out so much that it, it made it a problem, and that's why they tried to go after her because it was so much that you couldn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's also founder of one of like the biggest civil rights groups for um, black people at the time too. She was just running things and she did most of it before she even got married. That's she's that's why I said Ida B. Wells Barnett. So she was Ida B. Wells and then she um, became Barnett. But this is at a time when women weren't really seen as the people who were doing all this stuff. And she was like, well, got to get done, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Girl, you know anything about Ida B.? Shantae's got it all on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> got it on You're very point. well versed in this one. I, I like oh, I, I know stuff, Kevin. Since when, though? No. Since like when? Oh, don't act brand Dylan, new. stay over there. Don't Whoa, act Dylan, brand stay new. Over there. This I will hurt you, man. I know you will. I, so you need to watch it. <laughs> it's scary. I know, I know shit. Ida B. Wells. So wait, so her place was, her place was bombed. Yeah. And it was only like serendipity that she wasn't there. Dang. Did other people die? No. Oh, so nobody was there. 
Yeah, no one's there, but they expected her to be there, and so they they bombed it. She happened to have be catching a train going somewhere else, and then they were like, "Hey, Ida, uh, your place is gone." She's like, "All right, whatever." So she kept. She's like, "Well, I'll start over somewhere else," and she. I don't know. I don't exactly have you know many words. Many more words needed to describe her. That mm-hmm. she's badass. Yeah. yeah she, wow. She's like, oh, this is how many people were lynched, and these are the people. Like she names. <laughs> this names, is who were, names. This is who was hanging. I'm gonna yeah. let you know who it was, and I know where they were at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so that way you all know. So that way uh, it's not a secret. That's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's dope. Yeah. She's dope. I'm glad that she's your number one. Thank yeah. you. For me, at number one, I have Jesus. <laughs> I think we Jesus saw this coming, Christ. didn't we? Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, everybody knows Jesus. Everybody. Some of you guys don't know have Jesus, a little though. Friend called in Jesus. your heart. But, but I, I, Tell them all about <laughs> our troubles. But uh, Jesus Christ, a son of Nazareth, um, was carpenter. He turned water into wine. Now, see, I consider myself a Christian and I do believe in the Bible. So I do believe some people think these are just stories. I believe that these are true things that happen. So such as turning water into wine, feeding many people, multitudes of people with fish. One thing that you can say for sure though, is that he did give speeches, sermons, if you will. And he did, as, as Corey said, before we started recording, he did live, that's he did die. There, there are documents from ancient Rome saying, "Man, this this guy named Jesus just keeps talking to people. Yeah, he's annoying us. Crucify <laughs> him. All right, we're done." And we do know that he was crucified. Um, I do believe that he came back three days later. Uh, these are all things that you can believe or not. There's a there's a book that you can find a lot of these things in. I've heard of this book. There's Call a book? Is it a popular book? It's the most popular book, I believe. What's the name of that there book? Oh, the, it's got the, the Bible. Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who wrote that? It's like God. Thir- <laughs> <laughs> Moses, God. Depends on who you wanna, how you want to characterize it. It was written through the Lord. The Lord, the Lord wrote it through people. Well, I mean, hands. the first half was Moses, and then you get to the, the New Testament. Half, it was uh, mainly Paul. Uh, <laughs> 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 mainly Paul, the second, t- the second half. Uh, that I I think Jesus is. If I'm doing a list of badass people, Jesus walked on water. I don't really know what else to say about that. Like that's like I said. I don't I don't have to vote for him if you do not. Well, you can't vote for him. That's how we do this. Yeah. Right. 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 So yeah. I, I all I can do is present the case for for my Lord. Lord and Savior. And you guys can do the rest. All right. But that's why I have Jesus at one. Corey, what historical things do you know about Jesus? Well, I think I mentioned the official things that the state of Nevada allows me to say in a classroom. (laughs) Um, I can have conjecture about the stories of the Bible. You know, we could talk about bringing dudes back to life and healing the sick Mm -hmm. and just generally being a kind person. Yes. Um, And, uh, I, I do share a document with my students. Um, it's uh, Pontius Pilate, yes. the uh, guy who ultimately crucifies Jesus. Uh, he supposedly did meet Jesus and commented about his appearance and said he was just kind of a, a, a nice dude and really seemed to care about people. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that he got into that scuffle at the uh, temple and ultimately the community was like, Kill him, that kill him. Guy. Yeah, give us Barabbas. Yeah, super <laughs> rude. Yeah. Super rude. 
So rude. So rude. How dare so they? <laughs> okay, so that is I I never looked at Jesus in a historical sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, other than biblically. So it is interesting to know and to hear that there are recorded documents beyond the Bible, obviously. Or the Quran. I mean, that, or the Quran, other than religious texts. Mm-hmm. The documents are real basic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, he was there, we crucified him. Bye. Bye right. bye. Moving yeah. on. No, no, so no. So the no, other yeah. people were crucifying. But there are, yeah, you can't doubt that a man named Jesus didn't exist because he did exist. Same mm-hmm. thing with Muhammad. Muhammad existed. Right. Uh, once we talk about the original Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, and there's maybe, no maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe not. But um, yeah, I, I do. I did think that was really cool when I learned about that in college. That's, yeah, that is cool. I, I, I'm learning now that I, I didn't like I said, I never considered that. But the fact that there is something recorded that there was a guy, we did kill him. There, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened. That's that's good, Aaron. Aaron, just another podcast for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> sure. you know, listen, uh, you know, you can walk on water and turn water into wine if people want to believe that. So yeah, there you go. So like cool. I said, yeah. I, I do believe those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but to know that historically, like 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 Corey was saying, it was there. It's written down. That's cool. That's why I have Jesus at number one. Hmm. Shinte, can yes. you run through all the brothers for us, please? Sure. So, apologies and ahead of time if I mispronounce anything. So, uh, specifically, this is to Corey because <laughs> this is the one that's crazy. That's okay. All right. So, for Corey at number five, he has what's his name? Erwin Rommel. Erwin Rommel. I have Rommel, not the first yeah, name. Erwin Rommel. Nazi. The uh, Nazi general. He he tried to kill Hitler, people. A redeeming Nazi. <laughs> okay. Come on. At number four, we have Emperor Meiji. Yep. At number three, we have Alexander the Great. Number two, Olida Equiano. Yep. And number one, we have Queen Nzinga. For Aaron, we have the dude at Tiananmen Square. Number four, we have Amelia Earhart. Number three is Spartacus. Number two is Sitting Bull. And at number one, we have MLK. For me, at number five, I have Shaka Zulu. Number four, I have Sojourner Truth. Number three, I have Harriet Tubman. Number two, I have Mamie Till. And at number one, I have Ida B. Wells. For Kevin, at number five, he has Genghis Khan. Number four, he has FDR. Number three, he also has Harriet Tubman. Number two, he has MLK. And at number one, he has Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. The reason for the season. <laughs> so, Corey, at number five, you cannot pick your own, so no Nazis. <sighs> <laughs> Who are you taking? I mean, the tank man is a great symbol, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to choose someone who, like, we kind of know their whole life story, all right. about them. Um, and Shaka Zulu and Genghis Khan are both excellent choices. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Shaka solely because... Genghis Khan was all about the murdering and the raping. Yeah. And (laughs) Kevin, you're so excited about that. Shaka is someone who I would actually like want to give a high five to. (laughs) If I could meet every character in history. If Genghis Khan met you, he probably would have just killed you. Yeah, he probably would (laughs) have cut your hand off before he gave you a high five. And I'm like, call in the horses. <laughs> Stampede. I'm not going to try to give this man a high five, but I'm going to vote for Genghis Khan. <laughs> 
All right, for me. You sold me with the bow and arrow uh, on the riding on horseback, horseback yeah, guys. That's, that's and his a, his his crew. It's pretty. It's pretty I, awesome. I I respect Mr. Rommel and what he tried to do there at the end, but I just can't vote for a Nazi. Sorry, okay. Corey. Uh, I can't vote for my choice. And I I I mean the Tiananmen Square dude. He was a brave guy. But I oh I am gonna vote for Genghis Khan. He's badass. He is badass. Yeah. Even though he was a crazy murderous dude. Unlike Shantae, though, I can vote for a Nazi because he did try to kill Hitler. And he I feel like he was just a dude doing what he's supposed to do. And then he was like, the the first soda for me was when you were like, he said private, there's recorded privately. He was like, I only believe what this dude's talking about. I'm not like really about it. Yeah. But like, this is kind of my job, so. I'm just doing this. Note to the audience, Kevin's only voting for this Nazi because <laughs> it gets him the point. Right. No, man, because he can't vote for, for his own. I could have voted for Tiananmen Square guy. That's true. And I yeah. didn't. Mm-hmm. I voted for the, the Nazi. That's why I voted okay. for the Nazi. Mm-hmm. Well, Erwin Rommel, people. He was <laughs> like, an avowed Nazi. He, he was a Nazi. I mean, yeah, he was as, a Nazi, as fine. whether or not he believed in the cause, he did fight for it he did and he did. you know we already have heard from the oh i was just following orders type of deal and that's not an excuse for me it just isn't but sure. he was not following orders when he tried to he assassinate was not when he tried to assassinate, but Hitler. he should have inspected that dang table <laughs> 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 so at number four we have emperor maji meji meji emperor meji amelia Earhart, sojourner truth and fdr i cannot vote for fdr I will be voting for Sojourner Truth because I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to guilt trip you, Kevin, but you made the right choice. All right. <laughs> so I can't vote for Sojourner Truth. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm leaning toward Amelia Earhart. So I like Amelia Earhart. I like too. FDR too, but like I think I'm going to give it to Amelia. I like the legends of Amelia. Yeah, the legend, the, the <laughs> mystery. It's intriguing. I, I hope mystery. someday they find something that gives us concrete proof. I'm gonna go with FDR. Okay. Ooh, so it's truly my so choice. So it's gonna come up to, mm-hmm. to Corey. To Corey. Make his choice. I know he's not voting for FDR because he doesn't like that. I don't like that on purpose. He's the American dictator. Um, Sojourner or Amelia. I'm going to go with Sojourner Truth. I think that uh, she, she was sort of the foundation of the, the kind of the combination of feminism and mm-hmm. and racial liberation. So she, I she like gets it. my point. Mm-hmm. That's why I felt like I had to vote for she her. Put so okay she it. put in work. She put in that work. Shantae, it's up to you right here at three. All right. Number three, I have Alexander the Great. Uh, He's pretty great. I have Spartacus. Y'all should watch that show. Um, <laughs> For and all the then male front nudity. For all the, there's 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 also female nudity, but not I'm, as I'm, much. I didn't really know. <laughs> not nearly I didn't notice more that as much, I guess. Um and then I have Kevin's Harriet Tubman, which I think I'm gonna go ahead and, and pick that one. Uh, I don't even need that list handed Harriet Tubman. All right. Uh well, I think I'm gonna give it to Spartacus. Oh, right. the, the, the unsuccessful um, <laughs> slave freer so person. I, I want to say this. I think Alexander the Greatest dope. Mm-hmm. I think dope. everything you said about this guy is He's amazing. Awesome. It's yeah. amazing. I wish he was in another slot so I could vote for him because Harry 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 Tubman is just means 
she's just that's just mean a lot to me she is just so awesome with just how matter she was matter of fact she was like yeah. this is what's happening this is what I, we're doing this is what we're doing like you okay. agreed to come you knew it was gonna be dangerous I'll get your shit <laughs> so but everything you said about alexander the great i i am going to dive deep into reading about that dude because i like the fact that he's like we're gonna just keep going and we're just gonna keep going and we're just gonna keep going <laughs> so i'm gonna vote for harry tubman officially but alexander the great has the vote in my heart <laughs> <laughs> deep down all right, so in the two, I can go with Kevin had MLK. Uh, Miss Till, what's her Mamie. first name? Mamie, Mamie. Till. Mm-hmm. And then I had Sitting Bull. And how do you say your character's Elida name? Elida Equiano. Elida Equiano. Uh, I am going to go with Mamie Till. That was uh, a very enlightening story. I really appreciated hearing Thank about you. that. I don't even, I'm just going to take Elida Equiano. You're going to take Elida Equiano? Yeah, for sure. Um... I'm going to give it to MLK. So I'm going to put all the choice on. Well, no, because one of the things is mine, which I can't oh. vote for. So. Well, well, it's up to you, though, what you want to do here. You want to do sit and bull? You want to tie it up? Or you want to just go with a light of equity? Well, then too? we'd have to we have to go to producer Chris, who didn't hear all the wonderful tales we all true. told. Listen, and probably wouldn't give the best. So, so let me let me make a case for a light of equity. Right. Oh, you don't need to do that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, villain. I, I, I heard. I, I heard wanted to you. try to push this you, dude. I you like and this I, dude. You and I also listened to Corey at the same time. Like I, I was just, here. I'm just so excited about that dude. And she can make her choice. I, I can. Thank you. I uh, I liked Olida. I I'm interested in him and learning more about his story. Um, and I was going to vote for him anyway. So. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Sorry for trying to but help. Now I think I'm going to change something. I was trying to tell you why don't vote for Just me. Just because. Vote for. We need to give credit where credit's due. And it, it's a shame that so many people aren't getting the credit that right. they deserve. Yep. I was trying to like push you towards good, not helping me. And, I, I'm you good, still, and you still had to try to just shut it down. I wasn't going to help you. So you didn't need to push me not to help you. (laughs) All right. At number one, we have Queen and Zynga. We have MLK. We have Ida B. Wells. We have Jesus Christ. I am going to vote for Queen and Zynga. Of Matamba. Of Matamba. Because the fact that she had a harem and she would make these dudes fight each other and then she would just kill both of them anyway is dope. She she didn't mess around. <laughs> no, she did not. Uh, I'll give it to MLK. I think MLK deserves to be on this list. So I voted him twice in a row. There you go. All right. And you cannot vote for MLK. I cannot here. vote for MLK. Oh. Will not vote for someone else. Ida B. Wells like that, man. I don't think he was looking at Ida B. when he was saying that. Um, Why'd you do Ida B. Wells like that? I don't think that's. I'm gonna go with Ida B. Wells. Oh, he's changing. I did. I I did like the story. I did not know that she was reporting like on the fronts of of that. That was really um, educational. As much as I would like to have 
my own harem of women. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, harem of men. Harem of men. <laughs> harem she, had, of men. she had men. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's I, like. I he's like. like I'm, he made the changes but, uh, that he meant to make. But no, she she does sound like a badass. But uh, I I really appreciate the fact that she's willing to still do that stuff even after her house is yeah up and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I can't pick Ida B. And I do feel like MLK is a badass and he did a lot, but I feel like he gets his laurels. You know, he doesn't need yeah, he us his, to kind of do that for him. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Queen and Zynga just because yes. she kicked ass, took names, and then kept people out her backyard. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I think with that, we have a three-way tie. We do have a three-way tie between me, Kevin, and Corey. So, hey. Jente, go ahead and run, run down the, uh, the list. All right. So, our top five badasses of history. At number five, we have Genghis Khan. At number four, we have Sojourner Truth. Number three, we have Harriet Tubman. Number two, we have Olida Equiano. And at number one, we have Queen Nzinga. So, is this an actual three-way tie, or is this Kevin's math again? No, it is an uh, actual you know. three-way tie. Corey has two points. I have two points. Kevin. Well, there you points. go, Aaron. You Very know the good. only person who doesn't have points? Aaron. No, 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 and I'm I'm okay with that. Aaron it, learned it, a lot it's, though. It's fine. Aaron has he the most points in his in his heart because he learned so much. I did learn a lot. So I did learn a lot. I would just like to say that the top two were my picks. So. <laughs> that doesn't get you an extra that, weight. Uh, that does extra. not get you anything. Yeah. Also, uh, none of my picks were Americans either. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, that's something else I, I really focused on, too. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to educate some you people. You teach us about like you know world history. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Most of my picks were American just because Most I was Most of your picks were black, and that was great. All of my picks were black. I loved it. <laughs> I loved like, there, I was not trying to hide that, just so you know. All of my picks <laughs> were black. <laughs> Hashtag unbothered. <laughs> do, do we have any honorable mentions? Uh, well, I, who I, I, I mean, I could just go off with a lot of great men in history. Yes, George Washington. Do. Yes, George Washington was functionally invincible. Y'all know that mm-hmm. this guy was in fights his entire life, never hit with a bullet, never stabbed. What? what? Never. Not even once. Like, he had multiple times his horse was shot out from under him. And, it, and but, he got up and walked and away. The dude, the dude is like six foot eight. How do you wait, miss him? Wait, 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 wait. He was like six eight? Yeah. Was George Washington was the physically largest dude in like, so, everywhere he was. Let me get this straight. George Washington could the have been a starting target. small forward. <laughs> <laughs> an yeah. NBA team. Dude, dude was unnaturally tall. Like almost every time when somebody met George Washington, they're like, whoa, he tall and he got bad teeth. <laughs> That's what people consistently said. And and I, I recall reading this, like there was a, a British general who was like, if we just assassinate George Washington, these Americans will quit. Like they'll stop fighting. The revolution will end. And so like he, he told some guys like, okay, during this next battle, find that tall guy on the horse and just shoot him in the head. Like that's your you're like we're giving you this kind of fancy sniper rifle kind of thing back then, and so these guys ran around the battlefield and they were these brand new fancy rifles. One of the guys got George Washington in his sights, pulled the trigger, and then the gun exploded and it killed the shooter. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there was seriously a guardian angel looking out for George Washington, except for his dental plan. Okay? That yeah. didn't work. That's out for hey, him. he wasn't covered under the. He dental. was not covered under the dental plan, but George Washington refused to even get hit. Once. That's crazy. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Well, That's crazy. Yeah, is that why that. the Washington Monument is like the largest structure no, in D.C.? Monument, you know, well, no, you can't build anything taller than it in George D.C. Six, eight. 
he was a huge okay, man. Maybe not 6'8". But he's a huge man. Can double check me on that? Yeah, he's a huge but he man. Was, he was really giant. Well, weren't people like kind of short back then anyway? So for him to be tall and yeah. everyone else is short, I'm sure it made he him seem like a giant. He stood out. Just saying. He was 6'2". Oh. He was 6'2", but still much taller than most people at the at time because yeah. you have like Thomas Jefferson who was six foot and Alexander Hamilton was five seven. So this dude is still ginormous Jeez. in comparison. That's crazy. Shantae, you got any honorable mentions? Um, I have a lot of my honorable mentions. Other people said, um, you know, MLK, Malcolm X, things like that. One person I almost put on my list, but then I realized I was making it all about black people, um, was Christopher Lee. So he's the dude who played um, Count Dooku, and he was in Lord of the Sa- Rings. Sauron, right? Sa- yeah. Sa- or was he Sauron? Saruman. Saruman. The reason why is because not only was an actor, but he was actually a badass. Like, during the war, he, you know, he was a badass. And there's this story of um, while they were filming Lord of the Rings, and they were t- uh, he was talking to Peter Jackson about you know, stabbing someone in the back and how, you know, make the uh, uh, uh. And Christopher Lee was like, no, I've actually stabbed men in the back and that's not what happens when you stab them. All the breath and the air goes out of them. And so he's sitting there telling him all these stories about like all the dudes he killed during the war. Jesus. Like, (laughs) I was like, dang. So I really wanted to like find out more about him and put him on a list and then like my list pivoted and so I didn't, but he's pretty cool. That's dope. I also was going to have Roald Dahl for kind of the same reason. Like, he was like a spy and stuff during the war, and then he started writing children's books. So I was like, that's crazy. Roald Dahl was a spy? Yes. He was like 007, y'all. What? Yep. Corey, any more honorable mentions? I mean, yeah, I could go on for hours. Uh, Simon Bolivar, the guy who mm-hmm. won so many uh, countries in South America. So Napoleon Bonaparte. have the same Bonaparte. Independence Day. Uh, Napoleon. Napoleon, the modern day uh, Alexander the Great, took over so much land. Short dude, had a had a mission. Um, King Leonidas of the Spartans, famous last stand at Thermopylae. I was gonna say I had a I had a guy, one of his soldiers on there, the one that uh, supposedly said uh, if they they're gonna fire so many arrows that uh, that it'll block out the sun and yeah. we'll have to fight in the shade then, or something like that. <laughs> like that, that, that's a great comment. Yes, that know? is a badass like, comment you know. too. You'll find a shade. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that guy was on my. I found him on one of those sites, and he's that's pretty badass. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, so many of my honorable mentions. I was like, these are just really badass generals who who history has made famous. And I was like, I want to highlight some people that maybe people lis- listen to this podcast have never heard of before. So mm. that was my objective nice. today. So all you in Albania listening, I hope you <laughs> learned something today. I I have no honorable mentions because. Uh, your list was list. it. Yeah, I was like, there's a lot of cool people, but I don't know nearly enough about them to talk about them like effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I learned everything I could about the people I talked about. <laughs> and that was kind of all I had. Good job, Kev. But I'm very happy to have been here. Corey, thank you for joining yeah, thanks us. Thanks for coming this, in. This is literally my job to talk <laughs> about badass people from the past and uh, well, phrase it in a way where the masses can can connect to it. Well, so. we're happy you're so good at it. Yes. Thank you. I feel yeah. like we all learned something today, so it was awesome. Corey, yeah. you have anything you want to promote? Uh, well, uh, I am the host of the Modern Educator podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that the uh, COVID pandemic uh, has prevented me from uh, <laughs> doing so many of my typical episodes, right. but I'm sure my podcast will eventually be resurrected and <laughs> reunited to, to glory. Still subscribe to it. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, subscribe, all those things. Take a listen to it. You can hear more great things from Corey. We got Shante and Aaron here. You guys doing some that guy stuff. Yep. yep. We're uh, couch potatoing couch it up potato. right now. <laughs> I mean, Just, we have. Uh, what do else do we have to do but watch TV? Right? Got <laughs> to do that research. But yes. Man, yes. With the the new slate of Disney Plus stuff coming out in the new year, man, we're gonna oh, have yeah, to. Oh yeah, we're gonna be busy. pick some of those up too. So yes. Yeah. And then uh, also check out all the podcasts here at the Fury Podcast Network at FuryPodcastNetwork.com. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Fury Podcast Network. And then we're all available on YouTube, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. Like, rate, all those good things. Also, tell us who your top five badasses Badass history. in history are. And also, you should look some of these people up because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything yeah. for yeah. all of us villain. You good to go over here? I'm always good, Kev. I thought so. I know you don't uh, believe it, but it's true. Uh, you're never good. <laughs> guys, is everyone good? All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening.